Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Thursday night. It is Thursday Night Titans, formerly Tuesday Night Titans. We're still Tuesday Night Titans, but it's Thursday. It is October 19th, 2023. I am your host, JD, from New York. I was joined by my very good friend and co-host on Tuesday nights, now Thursday, Andrew Baydala. What is going on, man? What's going on, man? You're back. I am uh, I am back. Don't really want to talk about where uh, I've been, family business, but I am back, man. Happy to see you. Happy to be back in front of the audience. And I got a lot to say, man. I got a lot yeah. to say. On- it's good to see you. I'm, gl- I'm glad you handled your family business, and uh, we're all glad to have you back and glad to be doing Tuesday Night Titans. Yes. yes on a in- Thursday. On a Thursday, man. Hopefully we'll get back to normal uh, schedule normal schedule next week, but uh, I did catch up on everything, man. While I was away, I did watch Raw. I did watch SmackDown. I watched NXT even, and there's a lot to really dive into, man. I was very pleased with what WWE put on the air on Monday and on Friday, and I was actually quite sad that I removed myself from the wrestling space for those two uh, season premiere shows. There was a lot that happened there. And then, obviously, Dynamite last night, I felt like it was a dud of a show, but 
Man, oh man, it's been a busy week. Yeah, you know, it has been busy. Um, I would disagree with you a little bit on Dynamite. Raw and SmackDown were obviously, you know, I mean, WWE's business is booming. Uh, we, they crashed the Royal Rumble site today. Yeah, I heard. I, I, saw you, I saw you tweet that out. So, I mean, the business there, the business at hand with them is at an all-time high. Um, but, I mean, I, I actually dug Dynamite. I did. I know a lot of people were like, oh, it's kind of, this is the ridiculous, mindless stuff. But for me, you know, Juice winning. Makes sense. I know a lot of people don't like it, but they are feuding with MJF. So, I mean, although obvious, makes sense. Uh, and I I enjoyed Adam Copeland's segment, which I'm sure we'll get into. But, yep. yeah, I mean, the week was, you know, man, the SmackDown to kick us off on Friday of the season premiere and then Raw, I think, nailed it out of the park. Um, and there's just been a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. I, I normally, like I usually do, I'll leave the floor to you, but before I do that, quickly, guys, thank you for joining us once again. Follow Drew and I on social media, JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Go follow Drew on X as well, uh, at Andrew Baydala, talking about wrestling and everything else in the world of pro wrestling on his uh, Twitter account there, so go follow him even during his uh, espresso breaks when it's interrupted and make sure you guys go follow the channel as well. Hit that subscribe button down below and turn on the bell for notifications. Uploaded some content today. Jesse and I were live for Dynamite last night. So make sure you guys go and check all that stuff out. And I will be here all weekend long. We'll be doing Friday Night Smackdown tomorrow, Saturday Night Collision, and then everything else in between. Man, take us uh, to the start of the show. What do you want to talk about tonight? Well, you know, J.D., we do a lot of stuff together. You have done so much stuff on your own. And I caught a clip. I don't know where it was. I don't know where it was. Probably on fucking Instagram or TikTok or whatever. Somewhere. And it was you talking about CM Punk. Oh, yeah. And there was some some language and everything else like that, which yeah. well, I'm sure we'll, we'll drop a couple here. But I watched it, and I thought to myself, although he does have some points... I believe what he's trying to say, he's not fully getting across. So I'm going to say this to you in the most respectful way I can. I think you mean well in your CM Punk rant. Yeah. But but I think you're missing the big point about what, what's being reported. None of these knuckleheads, okay, are reporting that WWE and CM Punk are not going to work together because I think that would be asinine. Okay, so to your point there, which I saw on your on your clip or whatever show you were doing, I agree. But I can tell you right now that they are not talking to each other because CM Punk Phil Brooks cannot. Now they might be talking in. Well, wait a minute, wait. I did I did mention this. What what clip did you see? I I saw a clip where you were like, "Listen, there is nobody that could tell me that WWE and CM Punk (laughs) aren't effing talking." And I was like, Jesus, like, switch to decaf, bro. I mean, like, what's going on? Yeah, too, late, too late for that. I had a Pike's uh, Pike's Place Starbucks mm. uh, espresso, double espresso before the stream started, so I'm ready to Me go, too. man. But, yes, I, I agree with you. Um, yes, he has some sort of uh, clause in his contract. I, and this is what I said. You know, Sap reported it. Meltzer, I think mostly my anger came from the Meltzer report. Oh, WWE flat out denied him a contract. Bro, he, he, mm. can't, he can't be listening or, or, or WWE can't be negotiating with him because he's not contractually able to negotiate because of a, a of a clause that I'm certain is in his AEW contract. And mm-hmm. 
I, I don't know where all the all this animosity is coming from. Like, he, if he was able this is to my speak, hunting vest. I'm yeah, hunting I, idiots. I, I see that. Idiots. You look good there. I like I like that color. <laughs> Um, you know, he, he can't he can't contractually talk to these people. So, right, you know, why, right. why would WWE turn him away? It's like, you know, I also hear, oh, WWE's got no use for CM Punk. Give me a fucking break, man. So that, that's, that's asinine. That's, that's the most asinine. ridiculous thing I've heard. So basically there was, and I watched it, I don't know how long it was, but it was like, I think it was like four or five minutes. Yeah. Um, and I might be mistaken. It could be longer than that. But um, you were talking about how, you know, they, they WWE would like to have CM Punk in their back pocket so they could give him a live mic and stick the knife to Tony yeah. Khan, which realistically they'll never admit. But yeah, I would assume that that's probably something they're thinking about. The biggest thing here that a lot of people aren't understanding is I think WWE is trying to deaden the noise so that when Survivor Series comes and goes and if Phil Brooks, CM Punk is not on this show, people aren't left disappointed. Because that's what a lot of people are setting themselves up for right now. The All-State Arena is now opening more tickets. They're changing their set. I got that notification today. Um, they'll be releasing more seats because they're probably going to have a smaller, more intimate set for this show. Now everybody and their mother is like, oh, Punk, it's because Phil Brooks, baby. The tickets were sold out long before CM Punk and WWE parted ways. Or AEW parted ways. And CM Punk and WWE rumors started to fly. So that is... Completely misleading. Now, WWE and Endeavor have changed their business model since they've merged, okay? The WWE is going to sell as many goddamn tickets as they can, and they don't care anymore about having this massive LED screen, which is the same shit over and over again in every city. So I remember when they didn't want to use Madison Square Garden because um, it wouldn't look visually appearing, appealing and the cost was astronomical. Now it's the complete opposite. They would probably put... if. Raw and Madison Square Garden and pay-per-views, premium live events in Madison Square Garden all the time with that short little um, entranceway. They don't have it anymore. Uh, but what I'm basically getting at is that WWE is going to put an ass every 16 to 18 inches, and they don't care about their sets anymore. They don't. Oh, why would Especially they? Uh, well, I mean, why would they? I mean, I don't know why. I think that this was a discussion before the, before the news broke today that they oh, added yeah. another 3,000 seats or so for Survivor Series. It's like they're shortchanging themselves in the All-State Arena uh, and now it's going to be which costs a lot of money. Yeah, fifteen to sixteen thousand uh, mm -hmm. seats for Survivor Series. There's going to be a tremendous show. War Games uh, rumored to be coming back, and you know, obviously WWE is the hot ticket in town with Triple H now taking over primarily over all creative due to the uh, decision that Ari Emanuel uh, brought down on Vince McMahon. Uh, there's a lot going on to like about WWE, but you know, Booker T said something about well, what does CM Punk offer WWE? It feels like. He needs them more than they need him. And and I listen to all these reports and read these stories, and it's like CM Punk brings a sense of legitimacy, sense of realism, a sense of story to the WWE product. There are many matches there that I love to see him get involved with. Uh, you know, obviously off the top of my head, Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins. I mean, he's got more than enough to take him through a uh, length of uh, of a full-time WWE contract, three years, four years, wh whatever you uh, you want to say he's going to sign for. But th to, s to say that he doesn't offer them anything and, and that they don't need him, you know, they may not need him, but why wouldn't they want him? Like, it's almost like, you, I don't know, what, what, do you, what, do you, what do you have enough of, personally, that you don't need any more of, but you could realistically say, you know what, I'll take another one of those. It's like... Well, Again, I think that the biggest thing here, which you kind of hit on, is 
Um, millionaires, billionaires will always want more revenue, more yeah. income. And if CM Punk can generate buzz, income, revenue, ticket sales, which they clearly, this is no offense to Phil Brooks, but WWE doesn't look like they need any help in ticket sales. No. Um, so his presence is like a little cherry on the top. And I do believe that he would bring CM Punk, Phil Brooks would bring some things to WWE that they are um, missing and could possibly capitalize on. I know for a fact would capitalize on, but you got to remember Phil Brooks, CM Punk's AW contract was terminated. I believe it was like the fourth or the fifth of September. Um, so I believe from what he said, now nobody knows the terms and the details of that, um, you know, uh, departure. They don't know the separation agreement. Nope. It's not made public for a reason. So Punk, Phil Brooks, said himself that he has about two months on his hands. And that was a couple weeks ago. So it would make sense that CM Punk, Phil Brooks, would be available to work Survivor Series for World Wrestling Entertainment. But when they could talk, we don't know. Have they had talks? Maybe in passing. I'm sure. But it's not going to be anything of substance now. And I think everyone needs to understand that WWE might honestly wait. They didn't book the All-State Arena eight months ago, nine months ago, ten months ago with the intention of having CM Punk there. Now, I know the tinfoil people that wearing hats want to sit back and be like, Phil Brooks knew that he needed to get out of his AEW contract and needed to do whatever he needed to do so that he could get to the All-State Arena Survivor Series. That was never the case. If Jack Perry doesn't start this BS with Punk, Punk's still under contract over there, okay? So... I don't, I don't believe that to be true. Do I believe CM Punk and WWE will do business? I believe the door is wide open. And I think it's going to take a lot to get this deal done. But at the end of the day, it is no longer a Vince McMahon decision. No, it's that not. Should, that should leave you guys with a lot of hope that Phil Brooks will be back in WWE. And I will leave it at that. What, what what about these impact rumors? That's the thing that got oh, me get started. The fuck out of here. I, that, that's what got me started today. I'm like, you know, I'll make a I'll make some content on this today and just fucking uh, you know, toy with this one. I mean, does impact he can even, show up, but he, he's not gonna sign a contract. There. I mean, do they even have the funds to afford CM Punk on a full time basis? I'm, well, I don't probably not, but what he could do is show up for like twenty grand and he could pop them a rating. Who, who the that's hell great. knows what channel they're on? No offense. I, I, that, I, I, that, that's great. I mean, how many people are in attendance on, on, on a weekly television taping? 60? What are they going to bump that up to 70 with CM Punk's appearance? I mean, come right. on. Right. And, and to the point here, if you look at linear views, if you look at, and I'm, we'll get into the business side. I mean, we could have like a little like flash that comes across screen. Uh, business with Drew here. What I will say is CM Punk is a draw. I don't care how you, how you want to look at this. His merchandise sales the ratings, the ticket sales in AEW. Collision alone was selling far greater than it was then than it is now. That shows you. Also, the eyeballs on the product. Now, WWE has a ton of those eyeballs, but there's a lot of eyeballs across the world, so why not try and get as many as you can on your product? And that's what CM Punk brings to WWE. So to Booker's point, although I respect Booker a ton, an immense amount of respect to Booker T, always a gentleman, but... I disagree that CM Punk, Phil Brooks brings nothing to WWE because he does. But I will say that WWE does not need CM Punk. And WWE really needs nobody besides Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes. Now, I, I, don't, even, I don't even book him at Survivor Series. Honestly, I don't even, I don't even book Me him. Me either. Yet. Like, either. I, I, I wait for the Royal Rumble. Uh, that, that's just my honest uh, personal opinion. Because if you look at the Survivor Series and how much is going into Survivor Series and what Triple H 
is doing for Survivor Series. I think War Games and the story there uh, with a potential Randy Orton return, I mean, he could absolutely factor into the Bloodline uh, storyline to come back and go after Roman. He could factor into the Cody Rhodes being the mystery partner and the last babyface, uh, you know, uh, member for that team. You know, that is going to overshadow. A lot of that's going to overshadow a CM Punk return. You know, you don't, you want him to be kind of the standout. And the Royal Rumble is the perfect platform to do that. So I don't even book him at the at the Survivor Series, and I have him debut or return at the Royal Rumble. But the thing is, Drew, is he gonna is he gonna play WWE's game? I know, you know, with his AEW run, he had everything nice and cozy. He had Collision, he was in charge of that. He was an EVP, as far as I'm concerned. And now, if he goes back to WWE with all these rumors, is he gonna be just? you know, in the mindset to kind of settle into being one of the guys, you know, he's just going to be uh, just another name on that roster that's going to be making big money and they're going to use him and squeeze every last dollar they can out of him. Is he going to be okay with that type of situation where in AEW he had a lot of power and WWE, he probably, obviously he won't have any power. Well, I'm being animated over here because truthfully, what choices this man have? He doesn't. Impact. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. I got, I got to get the impact jokes in there, man. Come oh, on. Lord. You know where he would be better suited if he wasn't going to work for WWE is go help Billy Corgan and NWA and get a minority oh, yeah. well, well, they're, they're, they're with the CW, man. I, I could see CM Punk being a, a CW well, guy. Did you, did, you, did you hear what I said? Get a minority stake in the company. I yeah, mean, well. that's the only way that you're going to lure Phil Brooks, CM Punk somewhere else, in my opinion. And here's the deal. They're... CM Punk has no choice but to play ball if he ever wants to step foot in the biggest wrestling pr- company sports entertainment company, professional wrestling company in the world, and that is the WWE right now. AEW might get there one day. He's already been there. And, you know, time heals all wounds. You never know, right? I mean, him and Tony could do business again maybe one one day down the road. AEW is not going anywhere. But I don't think Phil, Phil Brooks, and Punk has a goddamn choice. If he doesn't want to play ball, then take your ball and go on down the road. Because yeah. WWE is not going to just be like, whatever you want to book, sir. This isn't WCW. Okay. They're not getting Hulk Hogan and they're not giving anybody creative control. So, and they're damn sure not giving CM Punk creative control. Okay. So we could stop right there. Roman might have a say. Brock might have a say. Vince might have a say on the bloodline stuff, that being Vince McMahon. But nobody else is coming in here and getting that type of control. Okay. Cody was promised a, a bunch of stuff and some of them haven't happened yet. So. And we'll, uh, we'll we'll see. It's going to be a very, very interesting uh, November for sure. Uh, and I agree of- with you, though. Uh, you said don't debut him at Survivor Series. Yeah. Or read it. I agree because we've talked about this, and I'm glad that you are of that mindset because sometimes too much is too much, and it overshadows the, host, the whole show. Yeah. I truthfully, if he is going, CM Punk is going to be a part of Survivor Series, announce him on Friday Night SmackDown. Have them pop out to that crowd because then all of a sudden a million and one more eyeballs are going to be on that PLE on Peacock and the ratings for SmackDown will go through the roof and just say, hey, we got a mystery partner. We're announcing him on SmackDown. You're going to get all the casual, uh, you know, mystery eyeballs that you normally don't get because they're all intrigued. And then if you announce him, then that deafens what's going to happen on Saturday because it's not a complete surprise. Yeah. Yeah, I like, do that. I, I, I like that, too. Um, I, again, I, I feel like at the end of the day, the Royal Rumble is the best situation for CM Punk to come back. Uh, but it's going to be a very interesting November, to say the least, going into Survivor Series. 
And a lot of eyes are already on WWE for more than one reason. And you mentioned Power Drew and Vince McMahon seemingly has lost a, at least a little bit of power. I, I'm not going to go into the uh, mindset that he is gone, completely gone from creative, because we know at uh, at the drop of a fucking hat, Vince McMahon can come back and just alter everything and you know wreck havoc the way he wants and the way we know he can. But WWE sources too fightful have made it clear that Vince McMahon is not involved with the creative at the moment. It was reported that uh, Triple H was knighted by Ari Emanuel, and, and this is all an Ari Emanuel decision to remove Vince McMahon. When was this reported? From Fightful. This this was from when? from uh, Fightful, uh, and uh, Ari Emanuel apparently has uh, basically given Triple H the power to run creative because in his mind, uh, he wants the people that were appointed for those positions to work at those positions with barely any change at all. He doesn't like the change. He doesn't like uh, someone else coming in and doing Triple H's job. He feels like Triple H should do that job if he's appointed that job. I wonder who told you guys this two weeks ago on this show. Oh, I know. I've been talking about this all year. Yeah, I mean, but I, I, I legitimately said that Ari said, Vince, we have somebody who we need to look at to see what he can get done. We know what you can get done. So let me use Paul and let me use him to his best abilities. And if it doesn't work out, then we always have you basically in the bullpen. And that's exactly what happened. There's also some other stuff that's going on behind the scenes that uh, I think Ari's concerned about. And I would be too. That Netflix documentary is going to air that Bill Simmons is producing. And if it's a smear campaign, the stock price is going to plummet. And there is one thing that Wall Street bucks and Wall Street boys and girls don't like. And that is a stock plummeting. So, yeah. Vince might be removed from TKO very quickly if they get a hold of that Netflix piece, and it is a bad one. Wasn't Trust there a, on wasn't there a report where it, it said about that Netflix that Netflix documentary that Vince McMahon's not going to really have any say in what happens there? He will not. He will be able to see what they're doing, but he will not be able to overrun or cut, edit anything. So no, it is. And, you know, Vince McMahon and Ari Emanuel can put out all the statements they want saying, you know, this is a defamation of character and we're considering lawsuits and all this other stuff. But at the end of the day, if they get eyewitness accounts or they get people who worked for the company to speak ill of Vince McMahon or the way he treated employees and the misconduct and sexual allegations and everything else like that, it's not a good look for a newly merged company. So they might want to distance themselves from Vince as fast as humanly possible. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what I think you are seeing. Unfortunately, for those who don't want to see Vince McMahon removed from WWE, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't. The shows have been uh, exponentially better than what they uh, were under Vince McMahon. And listen, man, you, you, everybody knows my uh, my dislike and disdain for Vince McMahon. To see the documentary come out and have, or possibly come out, hopefully it comes out, and he has no say in it. Ari Emanuel knighting Triple H, and the fact that he now Vince McMahon has to answer to somebody. For the first time since basically he worked for his dad, uh, that puts a huge smile on my face. And apparently, you know, like I said, with Ari Emanuel appointing Triple H uh, as the head of creative, like you said, he did blame. He, he did mention Vince McMahon as a possible reason for the stock being down and other things. TKO stock has uh, dipped after the announcement that SmackDown was moving back to the USA Network. Uh, he did mention Vince McMahon as all and all his uh, ongoing 
situations as a potential for that. He did mention Vince McMahon's stock being up for sale as well. But he also did mention, Drew, that Monday Night Raw, he wasn't shy about this, and I'm assuming he mentioned Raw being moved off Monday to basically, I feel like he said it because he he, he wants to keep WWE flexible, and he wants to keep that very, uh, I would say, prominent as far as people who are looking to buy the company. Like, they're not shy about moving anything or any pieces to the puzzle anywhere they feel like they need to. But he says, and I quote, I would say that there's plenty of interest in Raw right now. I know people are like, NBC is out of the mix, and that's why it went down. I think there's three things that happened. One, the reason the stock is down is they thought that Raw was the best package. I saw a 40% increase, which was in line with expectations. Two, the PFL uh, situation. And three, probably Vince McMahon in our deal wanted to be able to put at any point in time his stock. He's 78 years old. He's been working at this for decades and decades. So I think those three back-to-back issues, end quote. So he basically uh, he basically said without saying it that Vince McMahon is old and, you know, he's, uh, yeah, he, we don't really don't need him anymore, man. Get him out. Right. And again, I think what this is, is Ari is appeasing his stockholders and the shareholders of the company because he wants to explain, which they all do in the business world, why the stocks took a dip and everything else like that. On the Monday Night Raw front, uh, Ari is a very smart businessman. Uh, and so are the people that are surrounding him and this board of directors, uh, leadership group. They are never going to uh, take anything off the table. Uh, they just don't do that. Uh, they're going to listen to what every offer comes in. If they want raw on Saturday nights at nine ten, um, they'll listen to it. If the money's right, they'll move it to wherever if the money's right. Um, but at the end of the day, I think their intentions are that being TKO Endeavor WWE their intentions are to keep Monday Night Raw on Monday nights. Yeah, it, it's a it's a completely different story than what we what we heard when the company was uh, sold and, and the deal was kind of in transition. It got finalized uh, not too long ago. You know, Ari Emanuel said that the deal wouldn't be done without Vince McMahon. He would not do the deal without Vince McMahon on board. And then when everything was finalized, it seemingly looked like Vince McMahon was slowly getting his legs cut out from underneath him. Uh, do you feel like he got played or is in the in the situation where he is getting played? Because right now, Vince McMahon is nothing more than than a face. Like, he he is WWE. We know what he has done for pro wrestling and the WWE. But it, it seemingly looks like the company is going in a direction that does not involve Vince McMahon and everybody else around that Vince McMahon basically wanted to keep at bay and he wanted all the control. Now, he, he seemingly looks like he's the outside guy looking in and everybody else is kind of doing their job the way it should have been done and Ari has kind of minimized his role has he gotten played in your honest opinion or is about to get played here well I think business is business so I think the intention was that you know we want to buy Endeavor's intentions we're going to buy WWE we're going to buy WWE with Vince a part of it because realistically like we know that that's going to give us the best opportunity to launch this product this merger and uh, it also gives comfort to the shareholders and stockholders because Vince is well known before all this stuff happened. Um, when the merger happened, the scandals were done. The NDAs were paid and seemingly had moved on from it. Um, now that doesn't excuse what happened, but uh, new things are coming to light. And it seems as if Ari is using Vince as a scapegoat. Um, and do I think Vince McMahon got played? I think Ari had his intentions. 
and Vince had his, and Vince McMahon knew that Ari was the only person that was going to really keep him in business without having to sell all of it to Saudi or selling whatever to somebody else. And then ba basically like he has no say right now, what's going on in my opinion is if these scandals keep happening, the Netflix documentary, which seems like it's on its way out, you know, out to the public and it's not going to be a good one. Uh, basically make the company look not shined in the best light. Ari's going to use this as an excuse to say, Hey Vince, you got to go. And what you got to do is you got to bow out gracefully, uh, sell your shares and you know resign or say that you know you're stepping down uh if we get there i do think what you guys want to keep an eye on is if you're wondering if vince mcmahon got played or if he's going to be removed or stepped down is watch if vince starts to unload shares if that starts to happen then throw the alarm bells off put them on sound the alarms because then all of a sudden it is time for Everything that you guys, some of you hoped and dreamed for or think is going to happen, it probably is if that's if Vince starts selling off shares. Uh, I mean, that's uh, I, I tweeted last year when it happened, the greatest uh, WWE moment of all time with him stepping down. You know, take that as you may. Uh, again, my disdain for Vince uh, and, and what he has done to the overall product is what I care about most. Uh, I did not agree with most of the things that he's done, but. You see the change, Drew, on the Raw side and now on the SmackDown side. I really felt like the last two weeks, SmackDown has kind of definitely turned the corner where they were just basically kind of coasting and it was uh, very formulaic, uh, very Vince-like television. And now the last two weeks, especially now uh, with Nick Aldis being introduced and we got a lot of major players over there. Cody was there with the stare down and Ro uh, with Roman Reigns on Friday night. Uh, things are changing. Monday Night Raw after... SummerSlam last year felt different, and it feels like Raw now is back to that feeling like it was last year. A lot of people didn't really understand what I was talking about. This is what I'm talking about. Damage Control made it back to television. Uh, they are pushing a lot of Triple H guys, DIYs on television. Gunther is just unbelievable. Bronson Reed is winning matches. One WWE writer said that many of the Vince McMahon changes were minimal throughout the year, which I don't know if I believe that or not because I do think that he was very heavy-handed in what we saw before uh, this recent transformation over the last couple of weeks. And Fightful says that we're told the adjustments have freshened things up and relaxed the process now that Raw has much more of a wide-open roster of talent to implement and use. Outside of Raw after Mania, which internally was viewed as a disaster, McMahon wasn't making changes in person, instead doing it remotely. Well, he had to do that remotely because he really couldn't be there uh, in person with what was going on. It would kind of blow up his spot. Uh, DIY, like I said, is back. He nixed the DIY reunion to Vince from the summer. McMahon would learn the creative plans. Remote adjustments would be made along the way, and he would indicate wrestlers he did or did not want on the show. And one writer told Sapp, uh, well, I guess he wasn't lying when he said he wasn't in the weeds but in a way, he just sprayed Roundup on the weeds and checked in on them every so often. <laughs> so I, li I like that line. And that's exactly what he did. I felt like he actually did more than that. But, Drew, you see the changes on Raw and SmackDown, and I know you mentioned it briefly in, in the open. Uh, both shows were tremendous this week, and I was very— I I'm, I'm actually a huge fan of Raw now, believe it or not. I don't even, I don't even believe the words are coming out of my mouth. Raw's the best wrestling show for WWE the last month or so. 
Wow. Well, you've said that a couple of times, so yeah. we're, we're not, we're not letting you take it back anymore. I mean, that's it. You heard it here first mm-hmm. folks again. Um, but I will say this, uh, you know, was Vince McMahon the best human being in the world? No. N- no. Um, I would hate to have somebody following me around with a camera day in and day out. We all have our faults. Do I um, sleep with my employees? No, I do not. But I understand some people might think that, you know, that we should, you know, crucify him and everything else like that. I get that. But without Vince McMahon, me and JD are not sitting here. You all are not watching what you're watching now on your televisions. So there is some gratitude from me to what Vince McMahon did for this business. He pioneered this business, um, this professional wrestling sports entertainment business. So while I might not agree with his choice ethically or morally, um, it's really none of my concern. And it's not my business. What I, What is my business and my concern is the product that I see on television right now. And I believe Paul Levesque is doing a very good job. But I'm sure you guys will come on here and shit on him as well when things don't go well. It's a thankless job. And although he's pushing your favorites now, when he doesn't, his feet will be in the fire as well. So I think what we have seen and what we need to continue to do is just either enjoy what they're putting out or change the goddamn channel. But has it been entertaining? Yeah, it has. Has it been way better than Monday Night Raws that we are used to for the past two to three years? Yeah, I would say the Raw after WrestleMania 38 and was abysmal, and 39 was abysmal. So it's just, you know, I'm looking forward to better wrestling, uh, sports entertainment on my television. That's why I tune into AEW, because in my opinion, there's nothing on television that is better bell-to-bell than AEW in terms of a wrestling match. Their storylines need work. But other than that, I mean, you can't beat them. So I'm happy there's an alternative. But again, uh, Triple H is doing a good job. And I guess we'll have to wait and see how long this good job lasts in the eyes of all of you. Well, at least we know who's booking the show now. You know, when when Vince was, uh, you know, wherever he was, he wasn't in the weeds. He really was, uh, you know, having a, a lot to say about what he wanted and what he didn't want on the show at least we know who's booking the show now, so we know who to go and blame. You know, before it was, all right, well, that's a Triple H segment. That's something Triple H would have done. Uh, that's a Triple H guy, uh, you know, as compared to, oh, you know, that's a Vince segment. I could see Vince doing that. They're stuck in their ways. Triple H wouldn't do something like that. I mean, there was just this this creative tug of war uh, before uh, Triple H was, quote, unquote, knighted by Ari Emanuel. And now we, we know... Who was in charge? So I'm just I'm just glad that there's some clarity now. And I'm not saying that Triple H is going to be you know picture perfect in everything he does. He was not picture perfect when he ran black and gold, but it still was the best, basically wrestling product in all of the world, in my honest opinion. When he ran black and gold, and with what he's doing right now, I, I don't know how anybody can't like what he's doing. We've all asked for story. We're getting story. We all asked for. You know, let's cut the rematches out every fucking week. He's done. He's made strides to make the shows fresh. And, and a lot of people are like, well, well, now JD's on Triple H's nutsack. And, and now he's, you know, praising Raw. How could you sit through three hours of Raw? Still the same garbage. No, it's not. Because I know you're not watching. Like no, Drew, I, Drew, Drew watches. Drew pays attention. I pay attention. I think it's enjoyable. Yeah, me too. Like, I, I don't know. I don't wasn't. know how you don't like what's happening on Raw. Yeah, the, it it wasn't. The three hours at times were dreadful. It was like going to, 
um, you know, an SAT prep course, which I haven't been to in decades. We're sitting on a fucking DMV waiting for your right, name to be called. Right. And it's just like three hours of like, this is the worst thing ever, but I have to watch it because I have to keep up with what's going on because it's part of what I do for a living. So, yeah. Um, and again, I think what Triple H, Paul Levesque has done is he's mixed. And this is the best way I could put it. And if I get roasted, I get roasted. I don't think I will because a lot of you guys and girls in here are smart. Triple H is giving you the best mix of professional wrestling and sports entertainment. Vince McMahon was from the older guard. So if they're not six foot two or higher or six feet and higher and jacked to the gills, they were getting no television time. And he also was pretty much sports entertainment. And it was very, very, very hokey. Triple H is blending what he has his finger on the pulse. He's blending the professional wrestling and the sports entertainment. And he's giving you the best athletes. And he also understands that the Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn's of the world, no offense to either of them. Okay. But they're not Hulk Hogan build. They're not even the rock build, but he understands that that's this generation's superstars. They're not, I understand that some people look, well, those guys look like the guys who are begging groceries. Yeah. Well, they're still very, very good athletes and they put on a hell of a match and they're very entertaining. So if the crowd is reacting to them and everything else like that, Triple H is paying more attention to that than what they look like physically, in my opinion. And that's why WWE is succeeding because it has the Roman Reigns, the Cody Rhodes, the Seth Rollins, the Drew McIntyre, who are all muscle bound and uh, have all the gimmicks and everything working. And they also have their extremely talented workers who are extremely over with the crowd. And Triple H is showcasing them. Well, I, I never understood that argument. I'm like, what? Why are why are people watching pro wrestling if they're so stuck in the 1980s? Like, you're not going to get someone that looks like Hulk Hogan uh, to walk through WWE's doors or AEW's doors and, and have the charisma, the build, and, and the popularity that that Terry Bollea had. Like, I mean, this is this is the the world 2023. Of this is the world of pro wrestling right now. You're going to get your Ricochets, and you're going to get your Will Ospreys, and you're going to get your uh, Kenny Omegas. I mean, that's the pro wrestler of 2023. That's the pro wrestler of this generation. If you don't like it, then maybe you should stop watching pro wrestling. I mean, we've all watched Monday Night Raw through the ups and downs. Like, if I wasn't watching Raw, Drew, and I quit watching, I would not have been the fan I am today. Like, the reason I watch is because when they go through the downs, when we get to the ups, it's going to be that much more enjoyable because you've been there throughout the entire ride. If you're watching these guys and you don't like it, maybe it's time for you to just get off the fucking boat and go find something else to do because yeah, it's not your I, thing anymore. No, and this is this is not your grandfather's wrestling anymore. There are some aspects of it. Hell, it's not even my wrestling anymore, truthfully. Like, when I grew up, it was Hogan, Savage. Bret Hart, Flair. Mr. Perfect. Right, those guys were workers, but, man, they were jacked. Yeah, I mean, those guys look like they were chiseled out of granite, and there's a lot of those people still in WWE, and even in, Kenny Omega's jacked. Um, I mean, you know, MJF's pretty damn jacked, um, but these guys are not your guests to the gills type of, like, you know, um, cartoon character wrestlers anymore. Those days are done, and while WWE is PG, they are still hitting, in my opinion, everything they need to hit, and they're touching all the demographics. And that's when you know that the product is white hot. And they are white hot. They are selling tickets left and right. I couldn't even keep any of the Rumble tickets. They're gone. They're gone. They crashed the site for the Royal Rumble at Tropicana Field, which, no offense, I love the people who work there, but it's a dump. 
Okay. It's an absolute <laughs> dump. Okay. I've never been to Tropicana Field, so well, I don't know. Are you coming to the Royal Rumble? We'll uh, that for a I don't. Day. I don't know. We'll say. Well, I mean, I would like to go. I mean, I want to do something with this guy down there and uh, have a good time. But uh, you guys you know, want to see a live show? Me and JD in Tampa. Logistics got to work out, and I got to find a way to do a Royal Rumble post show somehow. So that's the only thing I'm trying you to get figure that out. done. Get yeah. that done. Yeah, we'll talk about it. But yeah. but yeah. Anyways, I, it's a dump. you know yeah it's a dump, and, I, and the ba- baseball players will tell you that it's an absolute dump. But WWE's product is so white hot, they could have sold out, you know, your mom's basement. Not your mom. Your mom. The one that's watching you. Your mom. You're going to fucking blow my cover, bro. Come on. <laughs> so, I mean, like, here's the thing, you know, like, they could sell out dumps. They could sell out massive, beautiful arenas and stadiums. The WWE's product is white hot. So, realistically, they're hitting all their strides. Will this change? All depends on what they continue to put out. Right now, people are digging the creativity here, and that's all this is. Triple H seems to have his finger on the pulse, and he's listening, and he's not trying to manipulate. Vince was the master at getting you to like his shit. Whether you didn't at first, man, he was going to get you to like it fucking anyway. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i much more uh, storyline-driven, and, and I, would ju- I just want good story, and I don't really care who's involved. I just want a reason to come back and watch uh, the next week, and that's what Triple H is doing right now at a high level. It's been very good. Monday Night Raw, we spoke about how good Monday Night Raw has been the last couple of weeks. A couple of thoughts on Monday Night Raw being that I was away. Uh, I thought the show was uh, excellent for a season premiere. There was a lot to like there. Gonna start with the main event, Drew. Uh, the Judgment Day won back the WWE Tag Team Championships, and Cody and Jay Uso are no longer the champions. Finn Balor and Damian Priest regained those titles. I thought the main event was good, and I was questioning what WWE was doing with the Judgment Day and this Bloodline Alliance. And it seemingly looks like now Rhea Ripley is absolutely the puppet master and everything that's going on, and that was really kind of the focus. That, were, that really came to light on Monday Night Raw. She's been talking to Drew McIntyre for whatever reason. We don't know why yet. Uh, hopefully that is revealed very, very soon. But Rhea Ripley and all her deals with the bloodline, talking to Paul Heyman, and I questioned this on my side of things when I went live. Like, what did they discuss? Like, what was the reason for their discussion? We didn't hear anything. There wasn't any interaction with them on TV. It was very hush-hush, you know, and, and that basically was showcased on Monday Night Raw in the main event. KO being moved to SmackDown, that bit Cody Rhodes and the baby faces in the ass, uh, and it's just great storytelling. Sami Zayn coming out there and being emotional. He doesn't really know what to think about Jey Uso. He's got this animosity now that he lost his friend over to SmackDown. There's just a lot to like there, man. A lot of moving parts, and a lot of it's making sense now. And you know what? That's when wrestling's the best, right? When yeah. everything kind of clicks and storylines intertwine. AEW's starting to get there. I'm going to praise AEW later in the show. I know it's it's like taboo here, but trust me, I am. Just stick around. WWE Raw, top to bottom, was a damn good show. We started off with what we saw in the main event, and we saw Sammy, and we saw all of this stuff. And truthfully, um, you know, we had talked about it. You had mentioned it could be... Cody going over to SmackDown. I was happy that they broke up KO and Sammy. Um, I had talked about this months ago or a month ago. Um, I thought that was the right move, and it is. It gives Sammy a different dynamic. It gives KO a different dynamic on SmackDown. And it still lends itself into the storyline of Cody. Cody is trying to be the martyr, 
And now all of a sudden he's got no friends on Monday Night Raw or he's losing friends on Monday Night Raw. And him and Jay get to win the tag titles. Then all of a sudden Jimmy screws him again. Just the storylines are intertwining. It's all coming together. And Survivor Series, which I've said on the show before, it's not the Rumble, folks. Survivor Series starts the road to WrestleMania. Rumble, all it does is stamp people's tickets, a man and a woman's ticket to WrestleMania. Survivor Series is where the stuff starts. Go back and watch history. It all unfolds. So, well, Drew, Drew may be right about that because I do, I do think after what we saw on Monday and on Friday with the season premieres, it's going to be Team Cody versus t- uh, Team Roman. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And, you know, we saw on SmackDown, which we didn't talk about, but we're starting with Raw, but we saw face-offs on SmackDown. Yeah. Are we going to talk about SmackDown? Yes. I want to go with Raw first, and then we'll get to SmackDown. Yeah. yeah. So everything blended, and it was perfect. It was perfect. The Gunther title defense was perfect. The main event was perfect. I hate the tag team title hot potatoes, but it makes sense now. Yeah. It does. It makes sense. Judgment Day should have never lost them. They did because they were trying to um, get throw gasoline. I was going to use an SAT word, but why do it? Um, they're trying to throw gasoline on the feud and make it better and add more elements, and they did that. They did it, and they gave Cody and Jay. It was unpredictable. They won the tag titles. I know they lost them like 14, you know, 17 days later, but I thought it was well done. Yeah, it was all for the uh, greater good of, of storytelling, and I don't mind that. Um, Sami Zayn starting the show. I loved him starting the show uh, because I want to know and see what he's feeling with Kevin Owens moving over to SmackDown. Uh, not only did he show that he was bothered, uh, that Kevin Owens was shredded because of Cody getting Jay over to Monday Night Raw. Uh, I thought it was going to be Cody. I actually sat with it for a little bit, and I'm actually okay with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn being broken up, and I'll get into that in a second. Um, you know, I, I don't mean to cut you off, yeah. but forget my train of thought here. You said something about Rhea, and I just want to point this out. Rhea and Paul talked, yeah. and you're right. Rhea seems like she's pulling strings. But you asked a favor of the quote-unquote mafia boss, and he obliged. You owe him one now. Yeah. You owe them one now. It'll be interesting to see what that is. Yeah, I uh, that, that's a very good point. I don't know. Uh, I don't even know what that could entail. But uh, yes, uh, Paul Heyman is definitely going to get his at the end of the day, or, or Roman, I should say. Um, Cody and Jay Uso, obviously that dynamic there. We don't know how uh, that's all going to transpire in the weeks to come. Uh, he, Sami Zayn, is excited to be a world champion. Uh, it also, I said, speaks volumes of how Triple H looks at Sami Zayn. Uh, he's very high on Sami Zayn, and he's going to push him to the moon and take care of him on Monday night. I also love the fact that Jay Uso being on Raw, away from the bloodline, uh, now has uh, Sami Zayn feeling some sort of way because it broke him and KO apart. So I don't mind them being broken up. And I'm actually also looking at now, Drew, uh, with Gunther's title reign, not only did Sami, Sa- Sami Zayn say he's a world champion, but uh, we could also potentially put him in discussion for a one-on-one match with Gunther and maybe taking that IC title off of Gunther. That, that would be fucking unreal. Uh, I think that would be a, a great spot for Sami Zayn if they want to go that direction. Yeah, I think that Sami really should get a crack at the world championship because, you know, I, again, a lot of you might not have been born, but hopefully you are because, damn, I would feel old. But in 0304, they introduced a secondary championship to the WWE championship. It was the World Heavyweight title, but that really took off as the main championship, and the WWE kind of championship took a back seat. 
with all due respect to Seth yeah. Rollins and that world heavyweight championship, it is the secondary world championship. So Sammy winning that just kind of feels right to me. Now the intercontinental championship Gunther has done a fantastic job of building that up, but I think that needs to go to somebody who needs it. Sammy does not. So for me, Gable, big Bronson Reed, who I thought would never be saying that or somebody else, somebody else laying in the weeds that really could use it. You know, um, I'm past the Nakamura winning that. I don't think he needs it, but maybe somebody else at that that stature, that level. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, it, it's uh, becoming very slim on Monday night because Gunther seemingly is running through everybody. One, one of those guys could absolutely be Ricochet at the end of the day. I thought he had a great uh, match with Shinsuke Nakamura. I feel like Triple H running the show on Monday night is going to benefit Ricochet greatly. Uh, you kind of see it already because he lost to Nakamura and he looked great in defeat. Uh, I thought they had a very fun match, very simple, uh, effective way to build uh, an undercard program on television with some meaning. So I like that. Nakamura continues to do the excellent work there in his heel role. And I was worried about Nakamura kind of, you know, losing to Rollins those two matches and then kind of getting buried and, and losing some credibility after they did such a good job with him. But it, it, it seemingly is transitioning pretty well with him. Yeah. And again, um, you know, the Intercontinental, I hate to say this, but I think Sammy is above the Intercontinental Championship at this point, which sounds crazy, I know, but he really is because I think that championship needs to go to somebody who needs the elevation, and Sammy's there. Just like when Judgment Day, winning those tag titles back, that is going to open the doors for a team like DIY to win those yeah. and actually mean something. Yeah. Like, holy shit, Gargano and Champa won the tag titles from the Judgment Day. Yeah. Because if you're not paying attention, Judgment Day runs Raw and the Bloodline runs SmackDown. That might not break the news here, folks. But I'm just saying, I mean, the championships now have never meant more. They mean so much now. Yeah, And that's the big thing. They're not just props. Triple H has put emphasis on the Intercontinental, the United States, and the tag team titles, which we hadn't seen in a very long time. So I'm thankful for that. Yeah, uh, speaking of uh, Johnny Gargano, he did lose to Ludwig Kaiser on Raw. Uh, I, saw, I saw some people making a big deal about it. Johnny just got back to television. He can't win a match. Well, that's the fucking story, folks. I mean, it, it isn't a big deal. That's the type of match you want to see on Raw, number one. Uh, very, very, very reminiscent of black and gold. But Champa needs Gargano. And Gargano needs Champa. They can't do it themselves. Thus, DIY. And you said, Drew, with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens losing those titles and now getting broken up and split uh, between Raw and SmackDown, it certainly opens up the uh, tag team realm for a new babyface tag team. All WWE needs to do is get DIY on television, get them over with that live crowd, and that's your new team right there to fill the void of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Yeah, and I do believe, you know, for those you know, who have asked, I mean, I have been asked so many times uh, to the point of exhaustion, does WWE have separate tag titles? They do. They have them made, okay? It's all about when they decide to use them, when they decide to break them out. They had Roman's championship and the women's championships made, um, you know, months before they decided to put them on television. What they've used the tag team titles for, which was smart because they're co-branded, I mean, you can bounce from brand to brand, is they put them on major stars so that they can add star appeal to SmackDown, add more star appeal to Monday Night Raw, and vice versa. When they decide to split those off, uh, I think you will see, you know, teams like DIY and teams, you know, like... The Street Profits. 
Yeah, like, the, and they'll hold the tag team titles again. And it'll mean something because look at the teams that have held them before. They're literally all main eventers in their own, right? The Usos, KO and Sammy, and now the Judgment Day. Yeah. Cody and, and Jay as well. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. The tag team titles have never been more meaningful than they are right now. So, you know, the, the split will happen. Um, and you're seeing that with introducing GMs and everything else like that. But again, um, just a little bit of patience. I think what they're doing is they're just bolstering star power on both brands. Yeah, uh, I, I like it. And it was one of the reasons why uh, Cody Rhodes went over to SmackDown. I don't know if that was uh, the vision or, or the uh, long-term booking per se to put it on Cody and Jay and then have them go over to SmackDown. But that face-off happened on SmackDown because Cody was tag team champions uh, with Jay Uso, that face-off with Roman Reigns on Friday. So that's what happened there, and that's uh, WWE's line of thinking. Uh, Drew McIntyre, uh, Drew, is uh, one of the most intriguing characters on Monday Night Raw for me. His uh, his storyline and his struggle with the with what the bloodline did to him still is driving him crazy to the point of desperation. It's making him more interesting, in my honest opinion. I thought his segment with Seth Rollins was excellent. Seth brought up his talk with Rhea Ripley that uh, kind of went under the radar for some people. But it did happen last week on Monday Night Raw in the background, uh, only uh, adding to the story there. Uh, I, I can't all I can't wait to see what they do at Crown Jewel. I think it's going to be a tremendous match between the two. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Crown Jewel is going to be uh, again paid show, but it's going to be a good one. And yeah. anytime you can put those two in the ring with each other, it's it's going to deliver. Uh, Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins. Do I think Drew's going over? No. Is there a chance? Obviously, there's a chance. Anybody, I get hit by a bus tomorrow. I've used this, you know, example a bunch. But I do believe, you know, Seth is rolling into WrestleMania as your world champion. So I think, you know, Drew, unfortunately, either comes up short or gets disqualified. Yeah, no, I can see that for sure happening. Uh, Gunther, he retained over Bronson Reed. I thought the last five minutes was fucking great between those two. Uh, it was the kind of match that you expected out of the two. Uh, Gunther is just so strategic and so methodical in what he does, but he was not able to work that way with Bronson Reed because Bronson Reed is much more stronger than Gunther and he's larger than Gunther. So uh, that match was actually very, very good. Uh, Bronson Reed is becoming, he he has been a fan favorite of mine personally, but you can see what Triple H uh, sees in him and that was a great match there. Uh, Nikki Cross made her way back to television with her cycle roll. And uh, the ladies kind of disappointed. Rhea and Shayna was disappointing, in my honest opinion. But we did, Drew, get Jade Cargill confronting Becky Lynch, which we discussed last week. It's only WWE keeping her in the public eye. Uh, and that could potentially, maybe, be a WrestleMania match for Philadelphia. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, they kind of, they teased a lot. Yeah. They teased a lot here. Um, you know, Becky and Rhea. On SmackDown, they did a tease with Charlotte and Jade, which we'll get to. Again, they're starting to build. They're starting to test the waters here. They want to see how many of us are going to talk about it on social media and how the reactions are going to be. If it falls flat and people don't give a shit, then maybe they'll go in a different direction. But, you know, Becky and Rhea having that face-to-face, -face, that's big business. That's big business. Yeah, uh, I, uh, I'm i not too uh, excited about that, but, you know, it is what it is. I'd rather... Uh... Jade, be ready first before we start putting her in the ring with Charlotte because she's uh, only going to get schooled, in my opinion. But uh, listen, listen, I'll, I'll wait it out. I'll let it play out, and uh, we'll see what Jade does. But uh, a Becky Lynch match for WrestleMania, maybe for the NXT title. She did end NXT, Drew, by looking at her watch and saying, uh, time is ticking, I'm coming. I don't know if you saw that. You think Rhea and Becky are going to face off at each other for the NXT title? 
No, Jade and Becky. Mm. Maybe. Mm. Because Maybe. I, I, you know, honestly, I mean, this, this would be a discussion for a different day. I don't know what they do with Rhea at WrestleMania. It, seemingly, it looked like it was going to be Rhea and Becky. But if Becky's going to hold that NXT title, I mean, if she loses it and goes back to Raw, what is she going to do? She going after Rhea? Yeah, I think that's where it is. I mean, I think when Becky drops the NXT championship, could it be to somebody like Jade? Absolutely, but I don't I don't really think Jade's going to NXT. I think, you know, she could drop that championship, her being Becky, to somebody she's already had a couple matches with or um, somebody who really needs it. Yeah. I, I You put that NXT championship on Jade, I almost feel like it's like, okay, great. Now, when is she headed to Raw or SmackDown? Whereas if you put it on, you know... um. Uh, you know, one of the up and comers who actually absolutely needs it. You know, I can name two. I think it means more. You know, yeah. I just, I, 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 I just had this vision of uh, Charlotte Bianca for SmackDown, mm -hmm. and then we get Becky Jade, and then I was thinking maybe Rhea and Liv. I don't know why Liv Morgan popped into my head because that that long term booking there, Rhea put Liv out, and Liv is going to come back looking for revenge. I, I don't know. Three women's matches at WrestleMania is not a bad deal. No, and it you know what it, it absolutely could happen, but I mean, when you look at this NXT roster and you see some of the women that could absolutely use it, you know, um there's a lot of them. And you know, for for Becky to lose the championship to Jade, again, everyone's going to be like, "Okay, when is Jade coming to Raw and SmackDown? How long is she going to hold this championship for?" Um so I just think that would be a, you know, I think that's a miss, truthfully. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still early. Uh, we'll see what happens there with uh, with the ladies. Tiff's leaving. Tiff's headed to. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and she and she's going to factor into the Royal Rumble. I'm sure she will be in the Royal Rumble, uh, and that's going to be very interesting to say the least there. But uh, shifting things over to SmackDown, uh, there was uh, a lot that happened on SmackDown as well. Uh, the most important thing to me, as far as storyline implications is that Nick Aldis has now mm -hmm. made his TV debut for WWE. Uh, I actually quite enjoyed the way that they did this. He was just standing in the corner. Triple H announced that Adam Pearce was going to man Monday Night Raw and that there needs to be a new sheriff in town on Friday night. And in comes Nick Aldis looking dapper. No theme music. And he's there as the new GM of SmackDown. Uh, this has been rumored. It's been rumored that Nick Aldis was joining WWE in what capacity? Nobody knew an in-ring performer, uh, a producer, an agent, what have you. But he is now on television. And Aldis was not listed on the SmackDown producer reports. Uh, but Fightful is reporting that Adam Pearce has produced and worked as an on-air screen talent for many years. However, MVP was originally brought in as producer before moving to exclusively as an on-air performer. Uh, those backstage in WWE have told Feifel that all this has been easy to work with and willing to make the most of the, of the WWE opportunity, and others have been eager uh, to uh, work in whatever role uh, he has been given. Uh, I enjoyed the way he was presented, Drew. I thought he came off very well. And, and the one thing that I look forward to is a lot of people are like, well, is this it? Is this the best they got for him? Well, this is going to potentially lead to his in-ring debut for WWE, which, I mean, right. if you're coming in as Nick Aldis, who the fuck on WWE side watching this show casual 
knows who Nick Aldis is. You're gonna well, know. You're gonna know. You, listen, they they'll know, but they don't know, right? They don't I, know. They don't yeah. fully know. But if he's on TV, he gets to build his character. He gets to build his charisma. You get to like him, and then you get to like him, and then you see him wrestle. So it, yeah. it's gonna be a slow build for him, and I think that's a great spot for him. Yeah, and you know what? A lot of people. Uh, we did a spaces on uh, Friday night after SmackDown, and we had a lot of people uh, jump in there and, and give their opinions and everything else like that. And I said this, my kid has, and I know people look like, oh, here we go, it's kids again, but it makes sense. And JD just touched on it. My son and some of the other people who don't watch any independent wrestling, okay, or ha- were not watching NWA or did not watch All In, yep. the first one, have no idea who the fuck Nick Aldis is, yeah. okay? They have no idea. I do. They may have heard of him, but they don't right. know of him. And everybody in here, all, you know, 1900 of you, 100% know who Nick Aldis is for the most part, okay? I also said that I thought WWE did him no favors. I like what they're doing. They're introducing him as the GM. They're giving him airtime. The most precious commodity in WWE is television time, and they're giving it to him. But him being Nick Aldis, but they did him no favors. It was like a fart in church. The new general manager of SmackDown, Nick Aldis. But fucking walks through the crowd. But I will say, if he had, you know, the big entrance and everything else like that, people would have been like, who? And then if he gets a smattering, it looks bad. So I think they handled it well. Um, I know that's very contradicting, but I think they handled it well, hindsight being 2020. But yes, all this is doing is giving Nick the airtime. He's going to make some decisions. He's going to piss some people off superstar wise and that's going to lend itself into possible feuds it's very smart it's very very smart and it gives the fans and people like me and you who analyze this product for a living the opportunity to actually have a general manager on both brands this is great man i i've already been thinking about potential uh feuds for Nick Aldis. I mean, sometimes I get ahead of myself. I think Nick Aldis is a great storyteller. I think he's a great wrestler. I think he's a great promo. I mean, it would be foolish for WWE to not use him in that capacity. But I think Kevin Owens moved over to SmackDown via this trade now with Jey Uso going to Raw. What is he going to do on SmackDown that Kevin Owens has not already done? I could see Nick Aldis as a heel GM kind of pissing off Kevin Owens. There's a ready-made feud right there for Kevin Owens and Nick Aldis right there to get him integrated to work with a bit mega baby face like Kevin Owens. Maybe AJ Styles. Maybe AJ Styles is a big baby face as well. Maybe Nick Aldis pisses off AJ Styles. There's another feud right there. Maybe Nick Aldis gets back into the ring and kind of leaves the GM post and William Regal's uh, non-compete clause ends and William Regal becomes the fucking GM of SmackDown after Nick Aldis transitions to an in-ring performer. I'm just thinking about these things, man. Kind of, uh, you know, leading one into the other. I like it. I think it's great. And to give that show, that type of wrestling ability in Nick Aldis, I mean, that's, we see a lot of wrestling on Raw, but to get that on SmackDown, I mean, that's a bonus. I think you could eventually see Nick Aldis on uh, running SmackDown, which he's done, and then William Regal running Raw for a little bit. Maybe if they take Adam Pearce out of power or his successor, yeah. Aldis' successor could be William Regal yeah. on SmackDown. Um, I like all that, but I think you need to keep Gunther over here. And Nick Aldis over here. Different sides of the of the brands. I don't want them ever intertwining. Because, again, Gunther is a better version of Nick Aldis. Just my opinion. You, you don't want them crossing paths because you don't want them to wrestle? No, no, no. I don't mind them wrestling. I just don't want them on the same brand because then it's like... Too similar. You ever see the, you ever see the Spider-Man thing yeah. where they're like this? Yeah. I don't want that. Yeah. Because that's what it is. Um, And, yeah, I mean, Kevin Owens, your, your question and your point... 
Kevin Owens on SmackDown, kind of been there, done that. But there's some new things over there that he can accomplish. You know, there's um, the United States Championship right now. I know it's held by Ray. It seems like Logan Paul's going to come after that. that, I, that I, it's, I mean, it's like you read my mind. That was exactly what I was going to go into next. Logan yeah. Paul and Ray Mysterio. So, uh, well, hopefully KO does something unique over there. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, hopefully we don't get another Roman and Kevin Owens match at the Royal Rumble. I mean, holy shit. No, I, I, I think the... I'm going to tell you this right now, and I'm not saying this because, you know... I want you guys to come, but I'm going to be do. I'm going to be at the rumble. I will be doing a, a pre party at a bar across the street from the trap trap kind of field for the Royal rumble. I'm hoping to get JD to come down. We're going to do a live show together somewhere, but I will say this. The rumble is going to be stacked. Roman is going to have a very formidable opponent. If all things stay on the course, <clears throat> I hear voices in my head, man. I know what you're talking about. They talk to me. <laughs> They may. I don't. I don't know. Um, Logan Paul. Uh, I like what happened here with Logan Paul, man. Rey Mysterio, uh, the United States Champion right now. Logan Paul uh, after his match with uh, Dylan Dennis, I believe it was. What a fucking clusterfuck that was. Um, called out Rey Mysterio wants the United States Championship. Honestly, I think this is a sound move, man. Rey Mysterio has been great. He hasn't really done anything for the United States Championship. I know why WWE has uh, thrown out the bat signal for Logan Paul. I mean, it's Saudi Arabia time, so they need Logan Paul in Saudi. We get it. And but, John Cena. And, and Joe Brock. And, and Brock. John Cena's, yes. But but theoretically, if Logan Paul does beat Rey Mysterio for the United States Championship, um, I'm looking back at what happened at Money in the Bank with L.A. Knight. Now, L.A. Knight's challenging, I assume, Roman Reigns in Saudi Arabia for the Universal Heavyweight Championship. I don't like that match. I think that kind of cools off LA Knight. So WWE is going to have an uphill battle because LA Knight, we know, is not winning the championship and they got to keep him looking strong. If they manage to do that, Drew, and then they go into Survivor Series and LA Knight is a part of the babyface squad and back in Cody against the Bloodline and Judgment Day and he looks strong and Logan Paul wins the United States Championship, I'm looking at an LA Knight-Logan Paul match at WrestleMania for the United States Championship. And LA Knight gets his moment at WrestleMania by winning his first title in WWE. I think that's very smart of you. I think the meteoric rise that everybody wants for LA Knight is going to take some time. I use the analogy on the spaces that we did on Friday. Um, LA Knight getting a world championship match against Roman Reigns is not detrimental to his career. What What this is is a test. Okay. You're over. Is it is it a test or is it WWE not knowing what to do with how hot he is and they want to they want to strike while that iron is hot because they don't know when it's going to fade. I, I mean they're, they're doing uh, it they're they're doing it backwards. I feel like he should be going after the United States title and then build him up and elevate him to a world championship. But they're doing the world championship now and then you know it, it looks from a fan's perspective oh he challenged for the world title but now he's going after the United States title. It's like a downgrade. All right, let me talk to you. All okay. Right? All right. Here's the here's the deal. <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin. Get that on a fucking t-shirt. Here's the deal. (laughs) Stone Cold Steve Austin in 1997 had a world championship match against the newly crowned champion, The Undertaker. It was a cold day in hell. Yes. And everyone was up in arms about it. Then it was all over Meltzer's sheets and everything else like that. I don't understand why Steve Austin, although coming off a massive match with Bret Hart, he's not the number one contender for the world championship. But Austin, coming off that Bret match, was never going to get higher according to them and he had the match and lost and stone cold steve austin didn't win another world championship or have a shot at another world championship i believe until 1998 at wrestlemania 
So what he did, Stone Cold Steve Austin went through Sean. He went through this person, went through that person, all up to his rise to winning a world championship and winning a Royal Rumble. This year is not going to be LA Knight's year to win the Royal Rumble. The same thing happened with The Rock. The Rock lost the King of the Ring in 1998, Ken Shamrock. And in 1999, The Rock was in the main event of King of the Ring against The Undertaker for the WWF Championship. What they're doing with LA Knight is smart. It's a paid show. We're all going to watch it. If it works, it works. It's to get him some experience. What it does is Roman's going to cut through that curtain and he's going to sit back and be like, hey, you want to know what? Kids got it. Worked well. All this other stuff. And then LA Knight's rise will continue. But you all want LA Knight to you know, win this and win that. It takes time. This is a times business. And what this is doing is they're building another star. This is the first time that we have seen Roman and LA Knight lock up. And if it sucks, it sucks. I don't think it will. But this is a test. This is not WWE sitting back being like, we don't know what to do with the guy. So let me throw him in a main event match against Roman Reigns. They could have done Roman and John again. They could have done a tag match. It's a paid show. They're testing this out. And what will happen is what we all think will happen. LA Knight will come out stronger, even in defeat. Even in defeat. Because he's losing to the greatest of all time. And it's not John Cena. It's it's Roman Reigns, it seems like. Yeah, I, I, I'm confident that. And normally I would make a bigger stink about it than I, than I am now. I, so I do agree with you. I think that they are going to, you know, keep him consistent and, and not cool him off because uh, they, they can't afford to do that right now. I think he's probably the biggest baby face in the company. But I, I do like the fact that this match does present itself for WrestleMania because the United States Championship would certainly use someone like Logan Paul holding it. Uh, L.A. Knight and, and Logan Paul at WrestleMania will undoubtedly be the biggest United States Championship match in WWE history, in yeah. my honest opinion. Uh, and you know that Logan Paul is going to go out there and make L.A. Knight look good. Uh, Let me ask you a question, okay? Let me ask you this, and everybody else in here. Who is the only person that losing to Roman Reigns would be detrimental right now to? Who is it? The only the, one. The only person to lose to, to, Ro, to Roman Reigns. So Roman having a match, a world championship match against yeah. anybody on the roster, there's only one guy who, if Roman beats, it would actually hurt him and be detrimental to him. Who is that? Cody. Right now. Exactly right. Yeah. So everybody else could shut the fuck up. It doesn't matter. LA Knight, your grandmother, your sister's great uncle. It doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter. Who it, Roman is the guy. He's, he's God in WWE, right? So the only person would stand to lose anything from actually losing to him is Cody. Yeah. That's it. LA Knight losing helps his career. That's it, man. It helps his career. It doesn't matter. Kevin Owens losing. We don't want to see it. Helps his career. Who has Roman Reigns locked up with in the past three years, four years, that hasn't gained something from it? The only person is Matt Riddle, and it was his fucking fault. Yeah. No, I I agree with you. I mean, there, there was at one point, you know, it was a meme. Roman wore the gold glove. Everything he touched mm-hmm. turned to gold. Everybody he was in the ring with was, you know, uh, a golden moment. It's the golden ticket to be in the ring with Roman Reigns. So, yeah, you know, it, yeah. it's it's definitely going to work out that way, and I'm not really too concerned about it. Plus, it makes Crown Jewel actually feel different than the other Crown Jewel shows that we've seen. Roman versus LA Knight. Logan Paul versus uh, Rey Mysterio. Uh, John Cena, I don't know what John Cena's going to end up doing on the show, but... Uh, he may wrestle Solo Sokoa for all we know uh, on the show. It, it does present six itself. Six-man tag. Six-man tag. I mean, we could see Cody and John Cena team up, you know? Cody, we, we, John Cena, and Jey Uso taking on Solo, Jimmy, 
We'll find out who else. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it does present itself to be uh, a different show than the past Crown Jewel, so I really do appreciate that. Plus, with, the, with L.A. Knight challenging Logan Paul at WrestleMania, I'm already thinking ahead because that's what I do. Uh, it frees up Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio to have a rematch from last year's WrestleMania uh, in Philadelphia this year. And Ray's already said that he wants a hair versus mask match. And so people think that you are just some rambling, ranting knucklehead. Oh, man, Look I at think, you. Man, I think Come about on. this shit uh, all day long, man. When I'm fucking, I love it. When I'm on the fucking toilet, man, doing my business. I'm like, this, man, yeah, I like this match, man. Let's, let's figure yeah. out how this week will work this out. Like, while you're, you're taking a shit. Yeah, it's, it's it just works, works out that way. <laughs> Gunther, for, I mean, WrestleMania shaped up to be great. I'm already thinking about WrestleMania, and we're going into Survivor Series. Like Drew said, this is where the road to WrestleMania really should start being uh, paved. And, and yeah. you're looking at a great WrestleMania already. Gunther versus uh, Seth Rollins. You got uh, Kevin Owens. Cody, Cody and Roman. Cody Jade and, Roman. and Charlotte. Yep. I mean, there's a lot to look forward I mean, to. If Punk signs up, you get Punk and Austin. Yeah. I mean, and then you get Jimmy versus Jay. Yes. Oh, my goodness, up. man. Going to be great. Uh, that was Raw and SmackDown, guys. Those are the thoughts that we got on Raw and SmackDown. I, I do want to mention one WrestleMania note uh, here because it was uh, something that was actually two WrestleMania notes here. One uh, news article that was in reference to something that happened or should have happened at this year's WrestleMania. And The Rock, apparently, uh, oh. yeah, I know, Drew, we talked about this. Apparently, The Rock right now, there are no plans for him to wrestle Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. And uh, this is coming from uh, Dave Meltzer. I, I, don't, I don't really know what to say there. Um, you can give your word on that. I, I said my piece on social media, and I'll, I'll reiterate that quickly here. Uh, if this is not in the plans, I don't want to hear about it ever again. I don't. Yeah, I, we're, got, we're getting to a point. And I know you don't watch this, Dwayne, but we're getting to a point where I'm starting not to give a shit whether or not this match happens or not. Yeah. And I'm ready to wipe my hands clean of it because realistically, it's like, well, you know, and listen, I understand why you came back to do you wanted to look the video stuff that you got on SmackDown, spine bustering somebody in front of a live crowd with your project rock shoes. It was genius marketing genius. And that's what you do. Yeah, it's a, a wasted genius. moment, though. Yeah, I get no doubt about it. No doubt about it. But I mean, it did put Austin Theory. I mean, Austin Theory's been in the ring with The Rock, yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin, Vince McMahon. We've 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 done this already. Um, and what I'm saying is, is that I get it. But if if we're going to tease this again, I'm out of here. There's only so many times a girl that I'm interested in. I'll say my wife, so that I don't get shit when I get off the air. There's only so many times that my wife could walk around here in a thong and dangle that carrot. And then all of a sudden she's like, eh, not tonight. Yeah. Eh, not tonight. Where I'm just like, all right, you want to know what? Forget this. I don't care anymore. And that's yeah. what The Rock is doing. We, we're going to have this match at 39, but things fell through. Well, you know, now I don't know if I want to have this match at 40. Well, WrestleMania 40 is around the corner. You know, you never know. Stay tuned. Well, I got movie projects. All right, bro. I don't care anymore. Goodbye. See ya. Yeah, and uh, Drew and I actually talked about this uh, and what it pertains to the Endeavor deal, why it didn't happen at 39, why they probably waited, and why they probably thought about WrestleMania 40 being the, the, the grounds for it to happen with the sale happening. They want to make this the first WrestleMania under the Endeavor umbrella, be the biggest ever. Uh, we get it, but Justin Barrasso, Sports Illustrated, reported that the decision about WrestleMania will not be the rocks to make, nor is the main event even a topic of substance there are currently no plans for this to happen. So it's coming from Sports Illustrated, and Justin Barrasso is not going to put a piece out that uh, is fluff. 
So, uh, again, I don't really, I'm done. If it doesn't happen this year, I never want to hear about Dwayne and Ra, uh, Roman ever again. I don't care. Yeah. And I mean, would we all like to see it? Yeah. But I mean, eventually, like, it, it's like the boy who cried wolf and like, I'm done with it. Like, I'm done. Yeah. I just, cool. Is it happening or is it not? You know, whatever. If it doesn't happen, then let's stop talking about it. Just yeah. go be Hollywood rock and that's fine. Go be Dwayne. There was another instance or another uh, situation that happened uh, last week. And uh, I know Drew is a uh, businessman and uh, I uh, don't know if he wants to talk about it or not because it's been talked about uh, basically by everybody. But uh, him and I have not discussed it because I was uh, away doing my own thing uh, this past week. But Tony Conbro had a mental breakdown on social media. And uh, you and I have talked about this uh, a little bit while I was away via text. And we went back and forth a little bit with uh, some thoughts here. Tony Khan had a mental breakdown, and uh, he tweeted a lot of shit on Vince McMahon, John Cena, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and The Undertaker. Now, I'm not going to get into everything that he said, but basically, Khan took aim at Vince's past hush money scandal, and uh, he called Triple H and Shawn Michaels two bald assholes, and then he goes on social media after the ratings came out, which I don't think that Tony Khan, I hope not. I don't think Tony Khan thought he would end up beating NXT with what they loaded the show up with. He took a shot at The Undertaker and John Cena drew, and he said that John Cena and The Undertaker, for the first time in their careers, were on a show that did sub-1 million rating. So WWE then looked at this, supposedly, as a declaration of war. And I'm looking at this and looking at Tony Khan's behavior and he just didn't stop on social media and made himself look bad. Some reactions to Tony Khan's tweet. Uh, this is coming from Fightful. Uh, those that we spoke to, there wasn't any real concern or issues with it. The most of the, and most of the reaction reflected that of social media, either thinking he should, shouldn't have tweeted at all or thinking it was him having fun with the situation that didn't favor him. Another pointed out that right after the tweet, he announced a series of matches for this week's Dynamite. Uh, and people were on his profile, so it generated interest for this week's show, which I, I do think they actually pulled a decent rating uh, being back on Wednesday night. You know, I, I don't know what to think about it, but at the end of the day, I, I did say Tony Khan should put his phone down and get off social media. These people aren't real. I don't know why the CEO of a company is uh, going back and forth with fucking uh, Rhea fan Fucking eight eight five six four uh, on social media. I, I don't really understand that. Whose profile and, picture is Rhea Ripley's ass? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Did, did Tony Khan is he someone that wears his emotions on his sleeve? Sure. I mean, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. I'm a fucking Aquarius. Uh, you know, I, I get bent out of shape, and I'm very petty when I want to be. Sagittarius. Yeah, uh, I I tell you how it is. Yeah, you know, like uh, shit. And, and I'm very ignorant at times as well. But no. Uh, uh, at the end of the day, Drew, it's it's almost like Tony Khan is the face of the company. And if he's going out there and doing that, it's not a good look for AEW. It may turn some fans off. They may get sick of his antics and whatnot. But he did ruffle feathers. He did mm -hmm. generate interest. The locker room, whether they like it or not, can't help Tony Khan in that situation. He's going to do what he wants to do. But in my honest opinion, I don't think he should be doing that on social media. I don't, as the face of the company. I don't know what you think or what you thought of the situation, but mentioning John Cena and The Undertaker being on a sub-1 million rating show when he had Edge main eventing and he did 600,000 doesn't really bode well for Tony Khan in an argument on Twitter. 
Well, that is a, a point well taken. I think. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, I think I Tony. Mean, it's it's it's, think, it's it's awful. It's awful. Yeah, I think Tony was trying to generate some impressions, some buzz, some all this other stuff, and um, he did. How he went about it is not something I would do, but I also don't run a billion dollar wrestling company. I don't. I don't have the stress that comes with that, or the football Jaguar side, or Fulham. Um, I do think that um, I am a very, I'm a very compassionate man. So I feel for Tony. Um, I don't know whether or not Tony was told that he was loved enough by whomever. Um, And I hate to like say this, but you know, I think at times everyone needs to be told they're doing a good job. Uh, Everyone needs to be patted on the back and maybe, you know, more times than not, you know, some people should pat Tony on the back because it seems like he needs it. Um, I don't seek validation through social media. I don't seek validation through others. Or cagematch.net, where he seemingly lives. Uh, yeah. Looking or at winning the fucking ratings. Booker of the Year from fucking Dave Meltzer. I don't really <laughs> give two shits about that. I never will win it, and I don't care to win it. That's no offense to Dave, but um, hey, you know what? Fuck it. Full offense. I don't give a shit. Um, but you want to know what? Here's the thing. Um, I respect Dave for what he did in this industry and and the pit and the road that he's paved. But you know, it's like the old that the old saying here: I'm not giving my competitors any sort of bulletin board material. And when I was playing football, which I still am, I'm not getting on social media and trash talking anybody or teammates or anything else like that because you want to know what it motivates them. Um, and I don't want to do that. Why poke WWE? Why? Why? Leave them alone and focus on your own shit. I I don't know. That's exactly what I said. It's like if you worked in silence and worked in your little cubicle and and fucking came up with, or or in this case, your laboratory, you know, Tony Khan should take the role of a mad scientist, just go in there and and concoct whatever he's got to do in the lab. He he put on a great show Tuesday. He put on a fucking great show last Tuesday. and, And I said it on Twitter. All you need to do is ignore what they did. We know why they did what they did. It was his birthday. They loaded up the show. I mean, yes, it's for the TV rights. And Drew and I have discussed the TV rights situation. The TV rights is going to be on WWE's uh, priority list. Fine. But if you don't think that they wanted to fucking combat AEW and they don't look at AEW's competition, I mean, go fucking go kick rocks. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. They did what they did as an act of desperation. And they wanted to just load it up on TK's birthday and just show everybody who's boss. Now, AEW had a show on a night that they didn't really ask for. I mean, they, they were given that by Warner. And Tony Khan put on a great show. Come out next week and swing for the fences. Continue to book the show that you usually do. And he did not do that. He went on social media and cried about the ratings, 921,000 to 609. At the end of the day, Drew, did anybody win this war? No. Everybody made themselves look like a bunch of fucking idiots. Tony Khan looked like an idiot. The fan bases looked like idiots. They drew 1.5 million. So who realistically won here? We won because we got two great shows. But if you look back at the Attitude Era, how many millions were Dino, were uh, Nitro and Raw doing? I mean, over 10 million plus. So now we're talking about fucking 1.5 million in 2023. How does anybody look at this as a fucking victory? They failed to reach 1 million views. 1 million rating uh, with NXT on Tuesday with all the star power that they had. How, how can anybody claim that's a victory? Well, I mean... And yes, then the rate, then the ratings are what six seven hundred and eighty thousand this week. Where did all where did all those people go? Well, 
I mean, a lot of those people like my son and some of the other people who don't watch NXT who are adults only watch because Cody, John Cena, The Undertaker, Paul Heyman. I mean, everybody was on it. So, I mean, and Tuesday night is not wrestling night for most casuals. It's Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Now, you could reprogram people into Tuesday night becoming wrestling night when they move SmackDown there. That's happening. Um, So, that was what part of this was, was the test. We talked about this. Um, I think, truthfully... I, my biggest concern and Eric Bischoff and everybody else. I love E. I do. I love Eric Bischoff. Good guy. Um, I enjoyed having beers with him. He's just a good down to earth human being, but I will say this. Eric wasn't around during social media when he was running WCW. So who the hell knows how he would act? And he could say one thing, but I, you know, action say otherwise he's giving away fucking results on television. So, I don't think there was anything that he won't stoop to. He being Eric Bischoff. So to sit back and be like, well, you know, he shouldn't handle his business this way. Yeah, you're probably right. But who knows what you or Vince McMahon would have done uh, on social media during the the late nineties and 96, 97, 98, 99, when you guys were in a heated war. What I am concerned about is Tony's antics. Hopefully will subside. will stop because that television deal is not done with AEW yet. And I don't want anything to affect it yeah. because I want the landscape to be plentiful. I want it to be fruitful for both, you know, boys and girls so that they can go there and make money. I want it to be profitable. And Tony just needs to maybe lay off social media and just let that deal happen. And then if he wants to lose his shit, go for it. You know, I mean, these people, these people have his, have their notifications turned on every time he tweets that they're fucking just saying the weirdest and most bizarre shit to him. I I think one of his problems was he was very in his feelings about people not thinking AEW has stories. Like, I don't know. I don't know who the fuck you are. Uh, Clearly you're not watching the show. AEW does have stories. And right now they got weeks that have been better, but before this, you know, the, yeah, I mean, yes, we've discussed that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, again, I thought Dynamite had a lot of dots connecting. MJF has three new challengers. Yeah. Jay White's going to be the the first one. But, I mean, we had Kenny Omega mention MJF, and we had Wardlow. And we might as well get into that. I mean, uh, it's a perfect segue uh, with with Dynamite. I, I, it wasn't a bad show. Don't don't get me, don't get me wrong. It wasn't a bad show. It wasn't, it wasn't better than Tuesday, but it wasn't a bad show. I felt like uh, the Battle Royal kind of, Left a bad taste in my mouth because it was too predictable and it, it just felt like a fucking Ring of Honor dark match, to be quite honest with you. Juice Robinson won the Battle Royal. He's challenging MJF for the Dynamite Diamond Ring. Jesse and I discussed this last night. Well, let's start with the Dynamite Diamond Ring. It, it, is the concept played out uh, as far as the Dynamite Diamond Ring and, and giving it to MJF and having MJF wield it? I mean, it seemingly feels like MJF is so beyond the Dynamite Diamond Ring. What are we still doing with it? Give it to somebody else that could benefit from it, like MJF benefited from it uh, before yeah. he became a world champion. How do we how do we fix that? Because I feel they like... They will. Uh, they will. MJF is making it like it's his precious. That and the, the Triple B. So I think, again, for all the shit that I give Tony, I think what he's doing here is very, very smart. They're obviously not taking the Triple B... They're not taking the world championship off of MJF, but they will take that dynamite uh, diamond ring, which has meant everything. It really launched MJF. So I think it's very smart that they've kept it a on him and B that they're making it like something that's very near and dear to him, almost like his precious. So I think it's smart. And again, I think it will go to somebody who absolutely needs it. Needs it. Juice Robinson. Will it lend itself 
into the feud. Yeah. Does Juice really need that? No. No, MJF is not losing as the world champion. I can't see him losing to Juice Robinson. I would hope not, because realistically, like, there's a couple other people who could really, really well, use well, my, that. Well, my point, my point was last night, and I mentioned this to everybody in the live stream when I was uh, live after Dynamite. You know, you got this Dynamite Diamond Ring, yet you got a Battle Royal, and you got fucking Commander and Matt Seidel and all these other jobbers out there competing for an opportunity to wrestle MJF, who's the world champion, and also the, the owner of the Dynamite Diamond Ring. Why don't we put some bigger names in there to make it feel like a bigger deal with those... With those names, Drew, the name values of those wrestlers in the ring, it almost seems like, you know, the Dynamite Diamond Ring isn't as prestigious as AEW thinks it is. Well, I think the the participants in the Battle Royal, and we've seen this a lot, the the, the participants in the, you know, Eliminator stuff have sucked. Yeah. And it's very predictable. And I think that's a shame, but I think that's them, AEW and Tony Khan overprotecting their talents. Well, like, you know, if he gets in the battle Royal and loses, doesn't it hurt him? No fucking wins and losses don't matter in professional wrestling. For Christ's sake, you can't have a guy or a girl lose 10 matches in a row, but you could lose two, three matches to some high profile talent and then get on a winning streak and come right back into the world title picture or the main event picture. It's not like the NFL, Tony and, and WWE, which WWE seemingly has moved away from, but if you lose six games, you're not out of the playoff picture. This isn't, this is not professional sports. I'm sorry. It's not, it's fixed entertainment. Kids earmuffs. Sorry. Wrestling is, is fixed. Okay. It's not fake. It's fixed. It's the other F word. Um, so I would like to see a guy like Wardlow win that dynamite diamond ring from MJF and take away, you know, start to have the cracks. Cause I Wardlow, in my opinion, they're starting to build him, like the next coming of Batista. And I dig it coming out, kicking ass and splitting, go back to Oh three Oh four, go watch some Dave Batista shit. You'll see what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, I, I was not big on what they were doing with Wardlow. It's been three weeks and three squashes, power bombs, leaving the ring last night. Tony Schiavone tried to get some answers out of him. Uh, he didn't really say anything, but he showed Tony Schiavone and the rest of everybody watching the show. What was on his wrist tape. And it said MJF. And he shoulder tackled uh, Tony Schiavone down. Tony Schiavone sold it like he was uh, like he was uh, flopping around in a pool, and he just walked out of the building. So now I'm intrigued about what they're doing with Wardlow because now MJF is involved. Meanwhile, earlier in the show, Drew MJF confronted Kenny Omega and whispered in his ear, "13 days, bitch," and that is uh, 13 days till MJF is the longest reigning AW champion in company history. Which coincidentally, they're both booked for the last collision in October and that's going to be from uh, Connecticut I believe uh, at Mohegan Sun I don't know I think they're over there somewhere I don't know where they are but uh, they're going to be on the same show we're going to get that match early before uh, the rain is over no what are we doing here Uh, it's just again you know we're asking for storylines and we're getting it I think Kenny and you know Wardlow I think this is all stuff that they are doing to um, make sure that the builds and they have storylines blending into storylines and the challengers are lined up instead of what we've complained about for months, which is just like, how the fuck is this guy fighting for the world title? Oh, just because he says so? Yeah. Okay. You know, they're giving it. They're giving it to us. And in 13 days, they are in Connecticut for collision, October yeah. 28th. Yeah. So um, do I think that they'll have a world title match then? No. Nah. Do nah. you do you like that MJF has his hands in multiple different cookie jars here? Kenny Omega, Juice Robinson, 
Jay White, the Adam Cole situation, Samoa yeah. Joe was called him out. Uh, there's a lot going on with MJF as the sole focus. I mean, that's the type of guy you want in that role, right? Because he's the world champion and he's the face of the company on TV. Do you like what they're doing with him right now? Yeah, I like it a lot. I think what you're doing is um, showing MJF's next potential fuse. And truthfully, Wardlow might be revolution or further. Yeah. I would like Wardlow, like I said, to win that dynamite, you know, ring and, and destroy it. You know, and that's how you start to see some of the cracks in MJF's foundation there. You know, he was somebody who doesn't give a shit, you know, and now all of a sudden he's losing all the things that mean something to him. He lost his best friend. He lost his ring. And then eventually he'll lose his championship. And that's Tony's smart with this type of stuff. He tells stories within stories. And I think now more than ever, he is starting to realize, he being Tony Khan, that, you know, wrestling needs to still, although you could change things around and make things, you know, yours, you still need to, you know, follow the formula. I want to know where we're headed next. Give me a little bit of a hint. All right. So you're, you're fucking with Kenny now, MJF. Okay. All right. So after Jew, after Jay white, is it going to be Kenny? All right. When revolution. Okay, cool. I like that. If that's where they go, um, you know, and you're seeing a lot of things change with AEW. They're now running collision. The later parts of collision because they haven't booked these venues. They're doing collision dynamite and rampage all in one night, which is smart. Save on the buildings. Why, why have all these people talk about how bad the attendance is in collision because, you know, or dynamite because why? Because, you know, we don't have the CM Punk effect anymore. We don't have to separate the roster. There's no bad blood between anybody anymore. And I think AEW's business model is going to change a little bit. They're I running really Collision, do. Rampage, and Dynamite in the same night? Uh, for, in Montreal, they are, yeah, I believe. Um, maybe it's the 5th and the 6th. Uh, or, or, yeah, it is. It's Tuesday, and then it's Wednesday. Okay. So, well, that's smart. I mean, Collision doesn't need to be live. No, SmackDown wasn't live forever. Nobody gives a shit if it's live. Uh, well, I mean, th this is something that we worried about. If Collision's taped, it's going to feel like Rampage. But, again, if you have Adam Copeland on Collision, I mean, so I, I just, I I think AEW needs to understand where it's at as a wrestling company. And if it's a net negative, which means if they're losing money running a building on a Saturday night just to say they're live, how much money do y'all have to do that? Yeah. WWE, you know, they used to tape Raw every other week. People still watch Raw. WWE's the, the the world leader in sports entertainment right now. I mean, they taped their their flagship. SmackDown was taped. Yeah. I mean, they're a four year old company. This isn't a four year old company. I mean, they need to you know, they, like don't get too big for your britches. Well, we got uh, MJF. We got story. Swerve's got story with Adam Page. I can't wait to see that second match there. Sting. Retiring at AEW Revolution 2024, not much was made of this. I said last night, Drew, that I feel like Tony Khan announcing this now and letting Sting announce this now, going to kind of ride the Sting uh, final world tour here and kind of put, put it out there like, uh, hey, Sting's retiring, one of the greatest of all time, a legend in the industry. We got him. Uh, come watch him uh, do what he's got to do before he hangs up the boots. Uh, realistically, is this the end for Sting, one? And who do you see him in the ring with as his final opponent? Yeah, it's the end for Sting. Yeah. No doubt about it. It's 100% the end for Sting. And um, 
Sting is one in a million. I put out a tweet. I will be live at Revolution. I was there for Sting's first match at AEW, and I will be there live for his final. I don't care where Revolution could be in East Germany, which it won't be, but I'll try and get there um, but, because that's how much respect I have for Steve Borden's Sting. Yeah. For me, Sting is one in a million. Uh, he's given so much to this business, and it's the right thing to do. Give him the proper send-off. He deserves it. Flair got it. He deserves it. Um, and you know the retirement tour, they're smart to generate money, buzz, and everything else like that. I don't even care what's on the Revolution card, but I'm going to be there to say goodbye to Sting. And, you know, um, his final opponent, Sting has gone on record to say that he will not have a, te- a singles match. Yep. Which is interesting. So if we do it, you know, we're doing a tag match, I think it'd be cool as hell to have, you know, Sting and Darby win the tag titles and then, you know, Sting hands the title off to Darby and he says, go find another partner kid or something like that. I like, like that. that would be cool. I like that. That would be cool. Yeah. The because tag, tag team titles, I think, is the way else. to go. TNT title's not going to happen. No, hell no. Yeah. There is nobody that should be Christian Cage no. right now. Not even Adam Copeland. No. So, I mean, you know, and, that, you know, I've seen give him the dynamite diamond ring. The f- who gives this? I mean, realistically, what is Sting going to do? Thanks. Um, I mean, no. The tag team titles would be cool, truthfully, you know, and they're on Big Bill and Ricky Starks, and I think Ricky Starks is above those tag titles. Yeah. Boy, oh, boy, that shit on collision, though. Woo-wee. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I uh, I love the Brian and uh, Christian Cage match. Uh, in the main event of Collision, minus the ending. I thought that was a great match. Speaking of Adam Copeland, uh, like Hold you said... a second. Revolution will not be in San Francisco. I don't mean to cut you off. They are running the Kia Forum in November. They're not running California twice. Oh, Go good, ahead. good. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't want to tra- uh, travel out to California. Six hours on a plane, no thank you. Um, Adam Copeland, uh, like mm-hmm. you said in the beginning of the show, I enjoyed his promo. I thought his promo was very good. Um, I like when he speaks. He sounds human. He sounds real. Everything about this feud has uh, real-life implications, and I like where they're going with it. He said he's not going to fight Christian Cage. He doesn't want the TNT title. He doesn't want to fight him, but he feels like he's going to be right at the end of all of this, Drew, and he said Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne, they're going to turn their back, and at the end of all this, just like every other time, I'm going to have to be there to pick up what's left of Christian Cage. Uh, I thought the promo was good um, from Adam Copeland on Dynamite. I want to revert back to Collision, and I want to say that that in-ring segment between Copeland, Brian Danielson, uh, Ricky Starks, and Christian Cage is some of the best shit I've ever seen, and a lot of that was unscripted. Um, And I do believe that Copeland and Starks have buried that, um, and it did look uh, off the script. It did look... No pun intended. uh, Right. It did look a little that... Copeland got irritated. Starks got irritated. But that's the type of stuff that I like. That's the type of stuff you won't get in WWE with only with a select few who aren't really, you know, heavily scripted. I dug it. I dug it. I really did. You know, although Copeland almost buried Starks, it was almost like he let the kid get his shit into. And I, again, I know they squashed it and I'm happy about that, but I, I love the collision stuff going back to dynamite. Um, obviously I want you to take on the collision stuff too with Copeland and Starks if you haven't touched it already, but the dynamite stuff with uh, Copeland was fantastic. This is going to blend into edges real life. Yes. I believe that Christian will show up then they'll have almost like that Pillman Austin thing. No gun, but I think that edge oh, and Copeland. <laughs> oh man. Uh, it's 2023. That ain't going to happen. Although it could on AEW television. Who knows? I doubt it. Um, 
I think Adam Coburn will be sitting at home in North Kakalaki, and that's North Carolina. And I believe that Christian Cage will show up with, you know, his goons, and I believe they will attack Beth and his kids. I think that's great television. I, I mean, me uh, too. You know, it, it's all building to Adam Copeland bringing out the rated R superstar. So that he's he's not he's not rated R yet, but he's going to get rated R. So and I dig it. Yeah, I dig it. I mean, I didn't. What really, did you think of uh, Collision? I, I thought Collision. I, I thought Collision was solid uh, show. Uh, and the promo, I didn't really mind the promo. I, I seen some people saying, "Well, this this is why AEW needs to monitor their their performers. Nobody can be trusted to cut a promo." Like, what, what are you talking about? I mean, like, like Drew said, that's the type of shit I want to see. Like, yeah. Adam Copeland is a professional enough to go out there and say what he said to Ricky Starks and vice versa. And they are professional enough to say, you know what? Things got a little heated. I didn't mean it. You know, let bygones be bygones. It was a heat of the moment type of thing. We'll move on. Simple. I like yeah. that type of shit because it was in the moment. It's fucking real. It wasn't scripted. Nobody wrote that shit for them. They went out there and did it themselves. And you seen real human emotion coming out. Of each I, guy, like I love that shit, man. Why would why would anybody be against that? And, and, and they shouldn't be. I don't know. They shouldn't be. I loved it. I anyway, loved it. And AEW, um, Dynamite Collision, solid stuff there. Not the best Dynamite, but hopefully they come back and uh, give us a better effort on, on Wednesday uh, as we get Juice and MJF for that Dynamite Diamond Ring. We got uh, the the full gear build continuing. Uh, a couple of other news and notes here, Drew, unless you got uh, anything else. Two things on my end. Uh, Mercedes Monet, she was uh, at the New York City Comic Con, and uh, she blasted a fan over her WWE departure. Apparently, this fan addressed or asked Mercedes uh, why she left WWE, citing creative issues. And she basically said, well, where'd you hear that from? And the guy said, the dirt sheets. And she said, yeah, continue reading your fiction. And she's like, why would I end up telling you why I left? Like, I I know why she left. Like, it's creative for sure. She did leave for creative reasons. She left because uh, they didn't want to pay her. They they thought that she had peaked, was the report. I absolutely believe that. And the old administration didn't really care for the creative side of things when it came to Sasha or anything in the women's division, especially for those tag team championships. But the thing that got me is, Drew, a lot of these reports in the dirt sheets cited that Mercedes walked out and then Naomi followed. And I always asked, how do you know that Naomi didn't walk out and Mercedes followed? Maybe Mercedes left WWE because she was being a fucking best friend to Trinity at the end of the day. But... What'd you make of this uh, this little skit, this little uh, not skit, but uh, little Twitter video that was going around on social media? Um, you know, I think Mercedes was smart to say, "Hey, you're gonna buy my book. You're gonna listen to the interview because that's where she'll tell you." Yeah. Um, and I think she's basically telling you, like, "Hey, wait to hear it from my mouth." Yeah. And that's it. Um, and I think what Mercedes is trying to do is trying to um, deafen that noise because she is ready to show up in AEW. I can tell you this right now that I am under full I, I'm under full impression that Mercedes Monet is signed to an AEW contract. If that's breaking news, then it's breaking news. But I believe AEW has signed Mercedes Monet. There you go. Full and gear. I will stamp full, my name to that. Full gear potentially. Hikaru Shida versus Mercedes. Sign me up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got Karrion Cross was in the news, believe it or not. Uh, he was actually interviewed by Chris Van Vliet. Very good uh, interview here with Karrion Cross. He actually mentioned, Drew, that there was possible discussions or plans 
for him to work with Bray Wyatt, God rest his soul, at WrestleMania 39. And he says this with Chris Van Vliet. Uh, we were supposed to work last WrestleMania, and nobody knew that except for a collection of writers and people in the office. We were slated to do something. We would talk for hours about how we want to get into it, what we wanted to deliver creatively for people, where we thought we both need to be. We had ideas for Alexa Bliss, Bo Dallas, and Scarlett. Everything happened the way that it did. He left a mark on anybody and everybody that he ever met. It's just very strange the way everything played out. Beautiful and tragic. He was always an inspiration to me and showed every, everybody warmth, says Karrion Cross. Um, I don't know when this plan was actually thought of. I don't know if this was something that they discussed in private but never really made it to the creative table because I know Vince went in a completely different direction with Bobby Lashley and, and Bray Wyatt potentially at WrestleMania. Then that got axed because of Bray Wyatt's health issues. But uh, what do you make of this, man? Uh, Karrion Cross actually revealing this type of information to Chris Van Vliet. I don't think Karrion Cross has any reason to lie. No, um, I know. I believe it. But I. So, yeah, I think that Cross and uh, Bray were going to have a was WrestleMania. I think they were going to have yeah. a match at WrestleMania. Um, it seems as if they were headed in the direction of Cross and Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Or, excuse me. Bray Wyatt and Bobby Lashley. Yeah. So I don't think Cross has any reason to uh, fib here. So he might have his timeline mixed up, but it seems like if that's their own, that's where they're going. Um, I would have enjoyed it. I'm going to throw the question back to you here. Uh, Cause it was something I was going to ask you anyway, there's been, you know, news and rumors floating around that they are going to possibly uh, introduce the uncle howdy character, you know, and play that role. Do you think they should nix this? Or do you think that should be, on television i my opinion is it's uh too soon and I, I i think that character should have um stayed with bray yeah i i think i read somewhere that i don't think they're going to be bringing back bo dallas so i don't know if that's going to be the case or not uh, i do agree with you. i agree with you i think it's too soon uh would i like to see something along the lines of them uh bringing back that character yeah i thought that character was very intriguing i thought that character had a cool factor to it uh, that uh, I really would have loved to see fleshed out on TV. But uh, if they do end up doing it, I would love to see it happen, but I, I just don't think it will, honestly. I would agree with you there. Yeah. Um, then the other question um, that I wanted to bring up, there's two of them. Uh, will Osprey talked about mental health. Sometimes he gets mad anxiety. Um, do you think this is going to affect him ever reaching that next level? Like, I know that it's not taboo anymore to talk about anxiety and everything else like that. Mental health. Everybody's talking about Bianca Belair was, but do you think that WWE would possibly look at this and be like, and we have to pass on this guy because that's the guy that WWE should really be looking at. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Um, did he go into detail about how bad his anxiety is? Because it's different for a lot of people. I know I got, I get, I get anxiety, but you know, some people may suffer it worse than I do. Yeah, he said, I used to be in such a horrible, dark place where me and my head just didn't get along. Sometimes it creeps in, especially big matches. The Tokyo match with Kenny, I could tell you how much doubt creeped into my mind. I get mad with anxiety when I wrestle guys like Kenny. Um, yeah. He, it, sounds he, like, it sounds like he has, you know, performers, butterflies. Yeah, it's situational. Like, I, I remember when I used to play uh live music with the band back in the day back in high school and i used to go on on stage i had major anxiety because i was just not only am i you know shy away from what i do here i'm, I'm just a low-key shy individual I'm, I'm not really talkative uh when i was younger that was a lot worse because i wasn't really confident in myself 
And I looked at the crowd and I got nervous. Uh, At some point, I didn't want to go onto the stage and play. But I had to to suck it up and and play with the guys. And I I got the job done, but I was stiff as a board out there because I was so fucking nervous. Maybe that's Will Ospreay. I I, I don't know. Hopefully, it's not worse than that because that's, that's pretty dangerous. But he seemingly struggles with it and then goes out there and has fucking some of the best best matches that you'll ever see. So it's like, you know, how bad is it? It's still bad, but I, I feel for the guy because I know I've been through that as well. But I don't think WWE would pass on him for that reason. I don't. Do you? No. I, I mean, I think the reason I brought it up is because I know there are a lot of people who do deal with it, who suffer from it and everything else like that. And I just don't think this is as taboo as it was back in the day, yeah. you know? Um, I think a lot of people were misdiagnosed. Uh, they took anxiety and they were just like, here's Ritalin, you know, here's this and that. And they gave them ADHD drugs. And I just think that that's, you know, we're, we're past that now and there's different ways to cope. And uh, no, I don't think WWE will pass on this. Uh, I, you know, I think Will is a hell of a talent once in a generational talent. And I think Chris Jericho gave him some good advice on how to keep his career for the long term. So um, there's two people that I think WWE should target if they really want to take that next level, and that would be Osprey and uh, MJF. We'll see if they get one. I don't think they'll get both. Yeah. Um, I mean, they could afford both, but... Uh, they could afford everybody. So yeah. could Tony Khan, though. Yeah. Uh, I do think Will Osprey does end up in AEW, though. That's just my, uh, my feeling there. Uh, and, and one last thing before we get into the Super Chats, because I know you are a fan of this particular individual... But Bill Goldberg has uh, said some uh, outlandish things as of late, and uh, he mentioned something about the uh, industry in general. And he says this, and I quote, it's hard to have a couple of different people carrying the flag and be able to hand it off to a proper person and keep. I'm trying to keep this as vanilla as possible. It's tough to have the depth. I think they're lacking in that area. That's all, period, end of story. I don't like getting into it. I don't like people talking shit. He said, internal storylines I don't think are better. The characters I surely know aren't better. The guys that are doing their thing right now are leading the charge. They're doing a damn good job. They're just not deep. That's all. They just aren't deep. What, what is he talking about here? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if he's talking about WWE's roster or AEW's roster. Um because if he's talking about WWE's roster, I I don't I, I disagree. Um, but I again have an immense amount of respect for Bill. So I I don't know. Bill is a no nonsense type of guy. You are getting exactly what you see with Bill. And I, you know, I a lot of people don't like Goldberg. I get it. Um, but you'll never catch me uttering a bad word about him. So I I, I think if he's talking about WWE's roster, uh, I don't know what he's missing. Is he talking about character development in in the modern day world of pro wrestling? I mean, he should be the last person to talk, really. I mean, well, is is he talking about the wrestling itself? I mean, again, he should be the last person talking. I mean, I don't really know what he's meaning here. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Um, I never drew the money Bill did and never will um, because I'm not, you know, 6'4 and jack to the gills. So. I don't know. I don't know if Bill's trying to, I don't know if Goldberg's trying to get across here. I, I don't, I don't know. I'd have to, it seems like he was asked a question that he really doesn't want to answer, but in terms of WWE's roster, I think they have tons of depth. And I think if he actually sat through some of the shows, which I know are probably excruciating at times for him, um, he'd much rather be watching football like what's on right now. I get it. But 
you know, I think uh, he would see that Cody, Roman, the Usos, Judgment Day, they're all very character-driven. Yeah, for sure. Of course. Hopefully he knows that. Uh, anyway, guys, that is uh, basically all we got for the news this week. I hope that we got you covered. Being that I was away for a few days, uh, we talked about the Raw and SmackDown stuff, season premieres, AEW Dynamite, touched on Tony Khan, Vince McMahon, CM Punk, you name it, man. Talked about it all. We're going to get into the Super Chats in just a second, but I want to thank you guys for joining us. Almost 1,900 live on a off night here, man, for TNT. Normally, we're live on Tuesdays, but we're happy to join you guys on a Thursday. So make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. Let's try for 1,000 likes. we got 625 so far on the stream. Super Chats are still coming on in. Thank you guys very much. Hit that subscribe button down below and follow Drew and I on X. At JD from NY206 and at Andrew Vedala. Make sure you guys go do that. Best way to keep up to date on everything happening with this show and my stuff on YouTube. Funny Rob Bebe with a new membership. Thank you, Rob. Tony Brown, 499. My man, JD, hope you are well, my friend. I'm doing pretty good, Tony Brown. Black Wolf Inc., $10 super chat. He says, at Survivor Series, CM Punk will return and the next day declare himself in the Royal Rumble to win it all. Do you think the AOP will be paired with Roman? They also been re-signed months ago. Yeah, I think with Triple H in charge, you're going to start to see them uh, eventually because they've been signed. Maybe they go back to NXT. I don't know, but uh, them as muscle for somebody on the main roster sounds like a good deal to me. And uh, I think Punk should just de- re-debut or return at the Royal Rumble. Like Drew and I, I talked about. I, yeah, I think CM Punk returning at Survivor Series then declaring for the Rumble the next night, or Monday, I think that's a little too soon. Yeah. Um, but I, again, I, there's obviously going to be interest, but I think WWE is just smarting to deafen the noise now because if things don't get done by Survivor Series, I don't think they want the fans to be pissed off yeah. at what's going to be a very good show. Yeah. Nick Williams with a $2 Super Chat. Vince McMahon about to go full Green Goblin now. A good you. reference. Thank you, Nick. That's a very good reference. I don't know many comic book references, but that was good. Uh, Black Wolf Inc. with a $10 super chat. Top five stars likely to switch from AEW to WWE and vice versa. I, I get this question a lot, Black Wolf, and uh, I, I'm not going to really answer the question because I think we should all enjoy who we have now where they are, honestly. And uh, it, it is a natural thing for people to change teams. It's healthy for the business. And Drew and I have discussed this for several weeks now. Yeah, yeah. I think Starks is somebody to look at yeah. from the WWE side. I'll give you another one. I think uh, Sheamus. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, Cameron Pennington with a new membership. Thank you, Cameron. I'm already dead with a $100 super chat. Thank you so much, brother. I caught my very first shiny roaring moon yesterday, Master Bald. Uh, I, 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 he's talking about, I'm sure, Japanese Pokemon, bro. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, those Japanese cards, man. Uh, I don't know how you guys do, do the Japanese stuff. It's crazy. But uh, I'm already there. Thank you so much, brother. Appreciate your generosity. Tay Tay, the savior of the 199. Welcome back, JD. You were sorely missed, was I? You oh, definitely were. I don't know. Lucky Geo. Uh, I don't know. Who, who, you guys, who, who are you guys watching when I'm not around? They were in my spaces on Friday. Okay. That good. was it. That's, that's all right. Uh, Lucky Geo with a 499. I got my Rumble tickets, $350. With extra yeah, yeah. fees, it went to 399 I hope LA Knight wins it, but I would love for Gunther or Cody to get it. LA Knight's not winning the Rumble. I'm going with Gunther. 
No. And listen, the cheapest tickets for the Rumble were like $36 after fees, and they are bleacher seats in the 300 level. You're going to be miserably uncomfortable, anybody who bought those. And, yeah, you'll be happy with your $300 seat. Oh, man. Why? What's wrong? What's wrong with the 300 level? Terrible I mean, there's view. nothing. No, it's not terrible view. It's just, all right, so you want to sit on a, a bleacher for four hours? No, that's all. That sounds right. Like I need a chair back. Yeah. Tay Tay with a 499. Do you see CM Punk showing up at Survivor Series or Royal Rumble? And how would you guys book him? Uh, Royal Rumble and uh, a match with Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania. That'd be ideal. If we don't get Steve, then I'd throw Seth at him. Yeah. Uh, Drizzy Drew with a 199. Zapdos, EX, Articuno, and Pikachu art card. Great day. You guys fucking bringing me Pokemon cards over here, man. Holy shit. That's a great day for you, man. What'd you say? I know Pikachu. Yeah, everybody should know I know Charizard. Bulbasaur. This is like going back to like my like elementary <laughs> school days when I used to play the Game Boy game. A lot of people won't know that. I don't know, man. Everybody's crazy. Uh, I probably had a card that was worth like half a million bucks and my dad made me sell it. So For what? A pack of bubblegum? No, I was uh, I had a Charizard. I don't know if it was first edition or whatever. I've just seen the news and stuff like that. But I had a Charizard hologram and I sold it for like one fifty back in the day. Oh, you got fucked, man. Probably. <laughs> I mean, it's probably worth like ten, thirty grand right now. But you know, you never know that back then. Well, so. I'll tell you this, man. A pack of that first generation Pokemon is going for eight thousand dollars. One pack. One pack. Yeah. Right, Dad. <laughs> Dad. Oh man. Uh, beyond the script with a 499. Hi, J- Hi, JD and Drew. I wonder, does Stephanie come back if Vince gets removed? Best no. show on YouTube, guys. Love y'all. OTS for life. Uh, no, I don't see Stephanie coming back. That's done, done, and done. Armando with a seven months. Best show on the IWC. You and Andrew kill it. Andrew, thank you for the recommendations. We'll be sending you that bottle after I get back. Awesome show. Anytime. Otis. Enjoy Minnesota. Where's he going? Where'd you send him? I sent him to Manny's Steakhouse. I sent him to Bar La Grassa and it was, oh, I sent him to Brit's Pub. Brit's Pub is great for soccer and football, um, and it's just a cool atmosphere, really. Um, if you come here in November, we'll do something, and you'll, uh, you'll get to check it out. Beyond the script with the 199, what happened to the guys who jumped Jay White? That's a good question, man. Uh, AEW's not brought that up in a couple of weeks. Are you concerned about that? Am I concerned about it? No, because yeah. Jay White talked about it last week. You know, your devil and your guys who beat me up. You need all these guys. And again, I think it's he blamed He he blamed MJF. He thinks it's MJF. And MJF didn't deny or confirm anything, which is interesting, too. So we'll have to wait and see. Scotty Mays with the nine months. Thank you, brother. Uh, Do you think Crown Jewel will be impacted due to the conflict in the Middle East? I I don't think so. Oh, I got to ask you a question before we get off the air. Yeah. Did you see Kevin Owens, what he said about Adam? Yes, I I was uh, told it was not Adam Cole. He has another friend named Adam that's coincidentally getting a surgery the same the same week, supposedly, that Adam Cole's getting surgery. Go get lost. <laughs> that's what I heard. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Um, do you think uh, Crown Jewel's going to be impacted in the Middle East? No. 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 Tay-Tay, the savior, the 499, Raw and SmackDown were great. Three Mania matches, tease, Cody versus Roman, Jay versus Jimmy, and Rhea versus Becky. Sounds like a great WrestleMania lineup to me so far. El Mase with a $10 super chat. What's a bigger work? Adam Cole's injury or JD pulling a full art Charizard line in one pack? Glad to have you back. Adam Cole. I still think it's a, I still think it's a work. 
Deontay Smith with the $2 Super Chat. WrestleMania 40 is Rhea versus Bianca. It was teased after WrestleMania 39. That's what I would personally want, but I don't see how we get there. Maybe Bianca wins the Royal Rumble? Mm, don't know. Maybe. PD, the show, uh, PD Shaw, the meat father with 32 months. AJD and Drew, love the show. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Michelle with a $2 super chat. Do you think we end up with a bloodline judgment day war? Yeah, in war games. Right. Yeah. Uh, Ali with a four ninety nine. Hey, JD, my question to you is if Jay Cargill shows up either on Raw or SmackDown, will she have her AEW music just like Cody? That's a very good question, man. I don't know. I think WWE is going to give her something similar to what she did have. What do you think about that one, man? Yeah, I think it's a little bit different than Cody because, like, that entrance music for Cody kind of was... That's what they were buying. Yeah. Um, and just, like, you know, people are like, will Punk come out to Cult of Personality in WWE? Well, he already did, so yeah. 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 So I, I think Jade gets her own. Uh, Jose with a 999. Hey, guys, I agree Booker T is not the best at commentary on NXT, but I'm getting a kick when Trick Williams comes out and Book starts bopping and rapping. Funny stuff. Great job on Tuesdays, guys. TNT forever. Thank you, brother. Book's uh, the man. I just, I don't agree with the CM Punk comments. That's all. Yeah. Uh, Bradley Robinette with a 199. Sting's last match should be against Darby Allen. Um, I would prefer them going after the tag team titles and winning tag team championship gold in his last match. I think that's uh, kind of poetic. I I would love to see that match. I just, from what Sting has said, he does he will not do a singles match. So, yeah. Uh, Will Chisholm with the $10. It's crazy how Vince did all of this stuff to get back in power, and now his boss has told him to fall back. I don't know if he got played, but optic-wise, it doesn't look good for him. Good. Smile on my face about it. I don't care. Thank you, Will. Stephen Brew with the nine months. Glad to hear... Uh, good to hear the best show in the IWC once again. Welcome back, JD. I'm a big Sting fan and glad he's going out his way. Possible last match. And we discussed it, brother. I think a tag team title match with Darby would be the way to go. I would love it. I'd love for them to win the tag titles. Dr. Evil Genius with a 499. The return of NY Knight. Yeah. <laughs> fucking crazy, man. Got me saying it in the fucking gym now. Yeah. Uh, Tay-Tay with a 499. Can't wait for Karrion Cross to come back, hopefully with a proper push now that Triple H is in full power. Yes, I think you are going to see Cross very, very soon. And I think Cross is going to get a major push. Uh, uh, Cal L with a $5. What's up, JD? I need you to. BC, Jesse, Salamont. That would be an epic effing show. Make that shit happen. Mustangs rule. Listen, man. There's a time and a place for everything. I'm a Raptor and Bronco type of guy, but I respect Mustangs. There you go. Still waiting on my Dark Horse. Mm. Sinister Classic with the 13 months. This is the last one here. Thank you, brother. Think the guys in masks are going to go after all the guys gunning for MJF to make it look like he's attacking everyone before they could get to him. That's a very, uh, that's a very nice uh, creative thought there, Sinister. Run it by me again. He says he thinks the guys in the masks are going to go after all the guys gunning for MJF to make it look like he's attacking everyone before they could get to him. Mm, I like it. I mean, is uh, AEW smart enough to do that, man? I don't know. But, yeah, MJF's got his hands in the cookie jar a lot. He's got multiple different people gunning for him, which they should because the world championship is important. No, it's an interesting point because if they attack Omega, 
And then Omega and Jay White are like, listen, man, what are you so afraid of? And he's like, guys, it's not me. Yeah. All, that, that stuff starts to get good. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's a good thought, Senator. So that's the comment of the night for sure. Uh, that's it, man. That's all we got. Uh, any uh, closing words before uh, we uh, hit the end button here? No. I hope you guys are entertained because that's what we're here to do. And we're, like I said, in my opinion, the best duo in sports, entertainment, professional wrestling talk and debate show that you will find. We're trying to work on Tampa. Stay tuned. Uh, and Dr. Eva Genius with a $5 Super Chat. Uh, props to ABD. Don't know you, but like what I've heard. Let's go Mets. I hope you're a New York Rangers fan too. Well, I hate to burst your bubble. But I appreciate the <laughs> kind words. But I'm a New York Islanders fan. Oh, man. Oh, Mets, man. Jets, Islanders. There you go. Uh, guys, thank you so very much for all your support. Uh, Drew and I will be back on Tuesday with our normal night at 8.30 Tuesday night. So make sure you guys join us then. Uh, make sure you guys go follow us on social media at JD from NY206 and at Andrew Baydala on X. Go check out all the content on, the fr- on this channel and on the second channel that I uploaded today. And make sure you guys join me back live tomorrow night. I'll be live for Friday night SmackDown. Sue with a last-minute Super Chat $5. J.D. Drew, I've missed you guys. I know you headed or you needed a break. But glad you guys are back. See you Friday. J.D., I will drink up tonight. Uh, Good night, guys. Thank you, Sue. Uh, Guys, next week, Tuesday, Drew and I, and then Friday, I'll be live for SmackDown. Until then, take care, and I'll talk to you guys later.